If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Davis, you are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this afternoon. How are you, Keith? I'm fine, Adam. Absolutely fine. Keith has been supporting Arsenal since 1887. That's absolutely true, Al. And in all that time, I've got to say, I have never heard singing like you sung last week. One, I'm surprised Damien has not signed you up. Two, how has Andrew Lloyd Webber and uh, who's that other fella, Tim Ro- whoever they are, the music? You should be doing musicals, Alan. You should be doing musicals. I mean, Linda heard some of it. She, she, uh, she had emotion in her face. She said, I've never heard anything like that in my life. I think there was tears in her eyes. It's, she had emotion yeah. in her face. Yeah. <laughs> Best place for it. That's what I've always said. Yes. You wouldn't want it anywhere else. You wouldn't want it anywhere else. And let's not suggest other places where she might be experiencing emotion. Are available. <laughs> like, for example, some of her underwear that you've been wearing. <laughs> oh, and Ian Stone is here. Hi, mate. Hello, How are mate. you, Ian? I'm all right. I've got... <laughs> emotion in my face is a phrase that's going to stay with me. I'll be honest with you. It's great. It should have been the follow-up to stars in their eyes, shouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Henry Kelly. Was it Henry Kelly? No, it was the other one, wasn't it? Matthew Kelly. Matthew, Matthew Kelly, the other Kelly, yeah. I met right. him, really nice guy. Did you? Lovely, lovely sat, man. Went, Famously yeah, so. Yeah, a really, I, it's one of these, I was at a, a wedding and he was Suspiciously like, so, I would say. <laughs> no, not no, suspiciously. Stop it. No, <laughs> very nice well, man. You know very what they nice. say, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. <laughs> I don't I know what bit I'm not talking about Linda. I didn't know they said that. But, um, oh, right, OK, anyway, you met him at a wedding, did you, Keith? Yeah, and he was, he was act really nice, actually great guy. Keith, how and, many uh, weddings do you go to, mate? Uh, at least one a week. He goes to you more do, Jewish do. weddings than I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's trying to... He so many weddings. He does go to a lot of weddings. Who's getting married? Who's getting married? He's 60 years old. Who's getting married around you at this time is, of life? Well, I think it's mostly Linda's family. It's, it's all friends of Linda. She's got a vast array of friends and there's always a wedding or something <laughs> funeral or something. Is it, do they think that we can't get together unless someone's getting betrothed or something? <laughs> you can't just have a coffee morning. No, no, you've got to get married, you know. Although I end up 
always going along. Do you yeah. like going, Keith? Do you are you are you, are you okay with this? I mean, it's just a Depends weird vibe. Depends on the wedding. Last year, a friend of Linda's got married, and it was in Southend, and it was a scar wedding. Scar, a two-tone so, wedding. A scar. Two-tone wedding, all the dress, big into all the guests, big into scar. <laughs> it was a great wedding. I'd found my tribe. It's the only place I could dance and actually fit in. Oh, he's off. I never had you down as a scar man. I'd part of put Ian in a scar camp. Like a bit of scar. Oh no! I've got the, some uh, Scar albums, but I mean, have you got I the two tone Winkle Pickers, along. Keith? Have you got the two tone Winkle Pickers? No, no. I, luckily, I had I bought some t shirts that sort of blended in, <laughs> but they, all the all the guests were big you into the Scar. You bought some t shirts that tribute. blended in. <laughs> yeah, that sort of Fred Perry. Oh, look, you got you a Fred Perry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have the top button done up? Yeah. Top, top button done up. Pop, top button was done up. Yeah, so I looked apart. My hair was reasonably short yeah. back then. It isn't Fred now. Perry used to keep oh. fit. By training with the Arsenal. Yeah. Did you know that? Well, what a he man. was the world's top tennis player in the 30s at the time at Arsenal, with the world's top football yeah. team. And he had a few training sessions with the, with the uh, lads. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, classic. It was a great wedding. Great right. wedding. Yeah. Lovely. And was Why cool. was it a great wedding? Was it a great wedding because of the music or were the bride and groom exceptional? No, no, it was because of the music. Because as I say, oh, the, bride the, and groom. Shit. No, right. I didn't even. I weren't interested in them. <laughs> You know, so. At what age were the bride and groom? Were they oh. middle-aged? Was it a kind of retro scar or was it oh. a new generation of scar lights? A bit of both. Uh, so mainly older generations, sort of 50s, 60s, but there was a lot of young bloods there as well, all, all in the gear, men and women. There's the so, women with the skinny haircuts. And... Who wears a T-shirt to a wedding, just by the way? Well, I That's did. My... <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I, I mean, enjoyed it. It was it wasn't a formal do then. It wasn't formal. It? No, you can't have a scar wedding in uh, you know formal dress. dress. What <laughs> would you have gone for? Would you have gone for a mohair suit, early early jam style mohair oh, suit? I, oh, if I'd have known, yeah. Leaving I'd you probably... an open goal area to plug yeah. your book. Open goal. <laughs> so don't miss it. Absolutely. I realise that. <laughs> Giving you a tapping realize... from six yards. You're onside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have had three buttons, side vents. <laughs> Would you? I think so, yeah. Mm. Although I never, I never had the suit, you see, because I no? couldn't afford the proper suit. Of course, no, no. My well, well, didn't he see? So, didn't Paul Weller? Ian's got a book coming out, ladies and gentlemen, called "To Be Someone" about growing up in North London and his love of the jam. Twenty fifth. Didn't, didn't he used to say um, you should go to Mister Byright? Wasn't that Weller's thing? Do you remember yes. that? <laughs> go to Mister Byright. You can get cheap clobber. Right. I don't remember that because we ended up going down to the Carnaby Cavern and Carnaby Street. And, my, and it was 65 quid for a suit and then another 30 quid for the shoes. You know, the white, the jam shoes. And it was a bit much. My, yeah. my, my parents did not spend £100 on clothes in the entire time I grew up. No, neither so did mine. I, you know I what, we thought... used to go for clothes when I was growing up? And I've done quite a lot of staying up about this place. There was a shop in Debden called Shattins. And I'm not even making it up. <laughs> Shat, Mr. Shatin. <laughs> Not even with a... You imagine when he goes, what, what are you going to call it? What are you going to call it, Jeff? You can't or whatever. Name it after, I'm yeah. going to call it Shatins. And then, and then a lengthy silence. <laughs> well, why don't you call it, you know, Debden Clothes Emporium or something like that? But, you know. No, no, I'm going with Shatins. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with it? Oh, yeah, no, I'm say it's a bit abrasive. <laughs> <laughs> Shatins, right. Double T, was it? Double T. Double T, yeah. Yeah. Double T. It wasn't like Shat. Hyphen in. <laughs> that would have been worse. <laughs> it was That's a double true. T. It was on yeah. Debden Broadway. 
If anyone could know. Uh, do, do you remember there was a remember shop it? in Ilford called Bodgers? It was a department store. I mean, Bodgers. I mean, why would you call it that? I mean, if, if you went, oh, there's Bodgers. something wrong with this toaster I bought there, well, the clue's in the title of the shop, mate. Bodgers. You know. I did a gig once in the south of France, and the, the bar was owned by a bloke called Wayne, and his bar was called Shea Wayne. Well, that's not too bad. <laughs> well, that was a bit weird, yeah. to be honest with you. We're in Nice. And it's called Shane Wayne. Wayne. It just seemed... It, I think it was OK for them, but for us it was a little odd. Hmm. Uh, it is odd. Shit. It is odd. But you're all keeping well. You haven't got... You're not depressed by, no. uh, you know, your lives under lockdown or... <laughs> Sorry. What? Race wars you... in the United States or the uh, infection oh. rate of the COVID-19. You keep... You're basically... Head in, the, head in the sand. You've got your gunner's cap on there, Keith. That's to cover my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, what have you done uh, to your hair? Have you done a home dye job? Let's have a no, look, Keith. No, Come it's on. still grey. It's just looking horrible and long and... Well, Keith, we, we, we wouldn't really judge you. Care about We're your not going to judge you on your I hair. Do. I do. of us. I cannot wait to go and see my Speak Muslim brothers at my prestige barbers. It's going to get emotional when I go in there. Prestige barbers. He's going to have talks? emotion in his face. Oh, Pre- in prestige barber. Where's prestige barber? It's on Next the Bodgers. It's on the Leebridge Road. On the Leebridge Road. Are you oh. sure it's not Bodgers the barber? No. And prestige clothing. No. Prestige barbers. In fact, I'm thought of lingering outside the mosque hoping I don't might linger, see one or two of them come out and I could collar them and go here, 60 quid, cut me out go on, go 60 on, quid? No, I don't normally, no, normally I charge Prestige out, prestige, isn't it? Prestige bar was 60 quid 40 pounds, well it's 35, I'll give them a five yeah. tip what? It's dropping. It's I dropping. get, no, I Keith. get, I get a, listen, I get a shampoo wash, cut uh, I get a Back face pack shave <laughs> Hot towel, <laughs> wax on the nostrils and the ear holes. I get a shampoo formal. and a wash is the same thing, Keith. Well, you know, That's it, the you same know, thing. Old, you, know, you can have a no, wash of that. He has a full body. He has a full, you know, like a bed bath. I, listen, <laughs> I go in there, I go full service. Turn over, Mr. Dover. <laughs> full service? Yes. Is it like when you go to the car wash and you go, <laughs> do you know what I'm going? I'm going platinum. <laughs> Ear wax, everything. Between the toes, the lot. Well, nasal they hair. They don't go, yeah, nasal hair, the whole nine yards. I, I you have, do your own nasal hair, Keith. No, they, they put a load of, like, they get some cotton buds with wax, stick it up your yeah. ooter, when it dries, yeah. and then they pull it out. Send it to do, the lab. Yeah. <laughs> oh. See what see what they might catch off you. It seems a lot of money. I've got to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, but service. I look a million dollars, mate, when I come that out. That's true. I Keith. do that feel true. good. No, you're wearing, the, you're wearing the gunner's cap because you haven't been able to go down to prestige. Yeah, it's just. Oh, I look like who's that character in the Far Show? Uh, Smooth Tony or Tony? Well, she's you know ladies in the chop. Well, yeah, you're worried because your hair's grey. It's bit no, it's not the grey. It goes all bouffanty up. It looks just. Keith hasn't taken his yeah, cap off since we started. Come on, now, Keith. Look, look, well, look. there's nothing wrong with that, mate. Your it's hair a... used to look much worse than that back in the day. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you used to get mistaken for Ray Parler? Uh, well, <laughs> when did that? Well, Keith yeah. used to grow his hair out. Yeah. Keith, years ago, years ago, when you were in, the, in you know. In, Entrapped in, in with a with another woman, pre Linda, or Linda saved your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had naturally curly. <laughs> she hair. used to make you grow your hair out, and it grew right out. And we went into a pub, and people started singing Ray Parler songs. At well, you. it was the that? Newcastle fans, if you remember, they were singing I, it. Yeah. Ray Parler. <laughs> uh, why 
is it Newcastle fans are always nice? They are always... Well, famously, Geordies are nice. They until are. you disagree with them about something, and then yeah. they'll murder you. But you, normally when you meet them at football... They're friendly. But when you meet them at a football match, you're generally in a pub or that, you normally have a good time with them. You couldn't say that with Man United or Chelsea fans. And... Oh, of course not. No. People are absolute shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, this will set the, this will set something off. Who's who's nicer, Newcastle fans or Sunderland fans? Don't answer that. Oh no, I'm going. <laughs> oh, I'm going Newcastle fans, not Sunderland fans. That's a difficult question. Oh, I they, don't know. They are being but, royally ripped off up there, aren't they? It's with the season who? tickets. Sunderland. Yeah, they're charging them. They're going to say we'll do live streaming for their season. Oh, tickets. they're charging them for the on for the online showing of the games. Yeah, but that cut. Well, they're skint, and they. They need the money. Oh, but if you can't go and see the game, you can't expect them to pay it, stump up for a season ticket for games you're not going to see. Still paying wages, Keith. Got to, got to uh, pay the players something, haven't they? Have they not? Can you not furlough? Who's furloughed? Anyone? Jack Rodwell. Something? Jack Rodwell's on seventy-five grand a week. I think. Yeah, I think he's left there. The fact he he's left there doesn't mean the money isn't somehow still going to him. Somehow, yeah. like he's probably in his contract. The all money you make for the next five years still comes to me. Yeah. He came over very well on that Sunderland Till I Die documentary. <laughs> he did, Not. didn't he? Oh, my yeah. God. It yeah. was like the epitome of everything that's wrong. I mean, I don't want to dig, dig him out too much because I feel like there's some issues in his character that need addressing, perhaps, on a couch <laughs> somewhere. But, he's, uh, you know, he, yeah. well, he was a troubled individual, he seemed like. But also an absolute waster and a really had no sense of... And it's a thing that you perhaps feel quite often with footballers now. There's no sense of loyalty to the club or the mm. fans or sense of joining a community of being part of something. It's all about what they can get out of it. And that was what was going on up there. It didn't contribute to the team or the club, took a lot of money. Then they tried to offload and they're desperate to get a come on, Jack, please, please piss off. We can't afford to pay you. And he wouldn't leave. He just stayed there. And this is a very familiar story in the recent years, isn't it? Someone who just sits on a contract, sits on a contract, and takes that money until that contract runs out. In Was a way, can fit? you blame them? No, you can't blame them. Of course you can't. If somebody gave me a contract for five years, I'd want it honoured. I mean, later you? on, we'll talk about um, Perry Groves' autobiography. We all live in a Perry Groves world. And, uh, and in that book, just before we get to it later, he, t- he talks about leaving Arsenal for Southampton. And he, when he left, he had a bit of an Achilles problem, which he says he mentions to Southampton when he was signing for them. Anyway, cut a long story short, his career was ended, really. couldn't carry on. And he wished he'd signed a four-year deal because there could be more security for him and his two young sons, you know. So... It's, there's two sides to every story, but sometimes really you feel like there's, well, I mean, there's yeah, greed back at in, work. Back in his time frame, it wasn't the huge money that it is now. I mean, I see Ozil's been dropped from uh, Adidas. Is it Adidas? Not dropped, Keith. Well, Not dropped. The contract has come to an end, end and they haven't renewed. They haven't renewed it. They That's a different thing. Uh, only... Has he stepped back from Adidas? Is it, he has has stepped. stepped back from Adidas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stepped back. And he's signed a new sponsorship deal with shattings of Debden Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) All your mod needs. Yeah. (laughs) Mr Byright. Neither shattings or Mr Byright exist anymore, sadly. Didn't Daniel Daniel Levy own Mr Byright? I thought he made his money with Mr Byright. I think I bought one shirt in there. I don't feel so bad now. Oh, dear. Well, you contributed to the new Tottenham Stadium that's now this massive (laughs) albatross around their neck. (laughs) 
<laughs> they had to go to the Bank of England for 175 million quid. The whole yeah. thing's hysterical. Oh, by yeah. the way, Tottenham also put a thing on Twitter saying Black Lives Matter, right? Fair play. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. And the replies, the replies, all lives matter. All lives matter. What is wrong with you? Stick to football. And then one reply saying Black Lives, all Black Lives Matter except Sol Campbell. Oh, <laughs> 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 Which I did find quite amusing wow. at the time. Yes, wow. full on, full on. They're Reading the replies the game, on football Tottenham. club Twitter feeds is a, it's frightening. <laughs> yep. So we have football in a couple of weeks. Are you looking forward to the resumption? Uh, I mean, yeah, do you feel like you're in pre-season? I do often feel yeah. like when, when you know, at the beginning of August I'll get, I start to get a bit twitchy about when's it started. Do you think they should have started it or just done the Euros? I mean, I know that the Euros can't really happen because of the travel and the quarantine implications, but... You answered your own question there. Yeah. I think they should have started it, and I'm glad they are starting it. And I and I saw the fixtures. In fact, you sent the email, didn't you, the other day, or a WhatsApp or something? I get a lot of messages. Yes, well, I've got a mate directions. on WhatsApp who's all over this shit. I mean, he, he gets it before <laughs> anyone else. I don't know how he does it. Well, I, you sent the fixtures, and I was and straight away I'm looking who we're playing, and I was excited. Of course, I'm excited. Football season starting again. Well, it's long enough. This is it? the weird dilemma because it feels like a new season has started. But we're all playing away games, which we can't go to. And it's it's a weird vibe. So it's not like the finishing of the old season. It feels like a new season starting. So once we get these, ga- these games out of the way, then we've got the new season starting again. So it's a very weird vibe. I don't know. I, I just Yeah, it strange. could be, what will it be? A two or three weeks between the FA Cup final, which is August the 1st, yeah. and the beginning of... The twenty twenty one season doesn't matter though, does it? It's just I don't give a shit. I mean, if no, it's back to back, fine by me. Yeah. It will be a very, very long football season for these players. So they'll yeah. have a twelve can... month football season, and then they'll have the Euros. Well, they've had three months off, you know, in their yeah, palatial Sodom. houses. So, yeah. so Sodom. No, but <laughs> I don't care. I'm just looking forward to it. And apparently, on the TV, you can watch it either with crowd noise or without crowd noise. I'm told. Oh, well, you have it in and out, are they? Yeah. I, I get well. I guess no. I think they put it up there, and you choose to watch it on a red button. No, but I mean, noise. I mean, someone's sitting, yeah, with a computer. It. I mean, we used to do this on the radio. Do you remember? You have a selection of buttons that you can hit, <laughs> and you get certain stings or bits of music, or you can have a crowd cheer. Yeah. So you might have you hit a button and the crowd go, ooh, like if it's gone just wide. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear, I'd like to have somebody drunk in there just messing about with the buttons. It, it, really. Our range is playing Celtic. Could you have a bit of sectarian <laughs> chanting? Sectarian hatred. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth are they going to play in the crowd oh, noise when Arsenal play Tottenham? God knows. Yeah. Now, uh, if, yeah. hypothetically, <laughs> let's say for the FA Cup final. My right? favourite sort of technically. Hypothetically. <laughs> Let's say the FA said, listen, we're going to issue, say, 10,000 tickets. 10,000 tickets because everyone could socially distance. 10,000 tickets. But I bet the FA would say, but we're only going to give 1,000 tickets to each club competing and the rest of the tickets will go to the football family. You know? That's right. Keith. I bet they do exactly. that. I bet they would, I would do yeah. surprised. Oh, <laughs> would be surprised. Oh, right. They would, yeah. wouldn't they? Absolute scum of the earth, the football family. <laughs> I hate the football, the football family. <laughs> Aren't we members of the football no, family? Yeah. Well. <laughs> We're distant no, You know what, Keith? You know what? what it should be? It should be a ballot. Like we've got it for the Europa League final. <laughs> yeah. Just a ballot. Just a ballot. Just a ballot. And you get, there's like five, six people, say, in each block. Mm. 
And you can put your names in there. I wonder how many, come up. how many fans do you think you could get into Wembley realistically and socially distanced? What do you reckon? Two or three? Well, ten thousand distancing. Yeah. I mean, it takes long enough to get into Wembley. Yeah, as it is, yes. there'll still be a four-hour queue for the tube on the way home. It will be. Let's be fair. I took yeah. my kids to see England. England played Croatia in the Nations League to qualify, and uh, it was a fantastic day. Oh, three! That was a great game. They yeah. won. And they won with a. They came from behind, and anyway, yeah. I took the kids up there. It's the first time they've been to Wembley, and it was great. It was a great atmosphere, coming from behind, exciting game and all that. But it took us an hour to get in, an hour to get in. And we got in after the game had started, and then we're going up the escalators at Wembley. And I know this drives you mad, Keith. It drives me absolutely out of my mind that people weren't standing on the right and walking on the left. Oh. They're standing oh, on the left. Yeah. Stand on both standing sides. Standing on both sides. Yeah. The game yeah. started. Yeah, the yeah, game has started. <laughs> and I've got two kids... And I'm going, excuse me, excuse me, can you stand on the right? Excuse me. And a, a massive great geezer, like a proper England geezer, turns around and he goes to me, you'll have to wait. And I said to him, I'm not waiting. I'm coming through with the kids. So, oh, well, you should wait. Well, I'm not waiting. The game started. You're on stand the on the right. The it was like this on the escalator. Yeah. Great fat arsehole, his oh, shorts, course, he yeah. could barely get around, he's swollen. He probably couldn't walk up it. He probably could not walk up it. Which is fine, but then stand I don't think he could even get himself from the left of the escalator over to the right <laughs> without possibly tipping the entire stadium and the roof support collapsing, the fat bastard. I'm stand the on the right! I'm getting the sense he's quite big, this bloke. Yeah. Anyway, we found our seats which were really about a mile above that. We felt, I felt like, like a drone, about a mile above the pitch. <laughs> but it was marvellous, and Harry Kane scored a goal. So when Harry Kane's playing for England, it's all different, isn't it? Mm, yeah, he's playing for England. Always different. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. he scored. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I don't No, no, it's all right, it's good. It's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> what were we talking about? I can't... Wembley with 10,000 people. Queuing up to get into Wembley, it takes a long yeah. time to get in there. So even if you yeah. had a reduced crowd, it was still, and you'd have to socially distance... I mean, would you want to go down there if there's 500 people at the Emirates? No. Would you want to be there? Would you rather be... You can't watch it with your mates, you can't go around anywhere, the pubs are all shut, we're all just going to be sitting in our houses. Not everyone's got Sky and BT, even if these games are going to be shown... Free to air mm. on Sky and BT. Do you Summer. need? Do you still need a Sky Box or a BT subscription or whatever it is? Or are they going to somehow create a? So when you're on your free view channels, is it going to pop up on there that I you'll be able to watch so. him? They've got to do it on the free exactly. view, right? The digital yeah. free view channel. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've yeah, had I think that before because BT have shown a few UEFA Cup games where they've got tried to entice people to sign up. So they've got that facility. So I think they, I'd be able to see. So that, that must be what they've got in mind. Yeah. If yeah. they're going to properly so. get these games free to wear for everyone, mm. is that they'll be on the free view. If they're not, then some it's are pointless. on BBC. Some are on BBC One, aren't they? They've got they're four. Sure, they're sure. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're very g- excited. <laughs> they are first first live games in the Premier League ever shown on beat on on BBC and all that. I'm looking forward to it though. I am. I want to. I want to see some football with players that I know that I know are playing, as opposed to the German football, which is all right. Well, it, but it'll be interesting to see, because there's are. no excuse now. Arteta can say he's had the team long enough to get his ideas over. So when we see... Our... I think we'll be good. I think we'll, well be good. Hope, I, I'm sure we'll be good. I've got a lot of faith in Mikhail Arteta. But there's no, base that... there's no excuses now. He's had the team long enough to get his philosophy over to him, you know. And we got an easy start as well, Man City. It's great. We could just oh, stroll up to uh, the Etihad, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be out. I saw um, De Bruyne. He's put on about about a stone. I think oh, he's got. Great. He's looking quite. 
quite hefty, De Bruyne. He's gone for the full lockdown experience. <laughs> he has. Full he strength has. Belgian, Belgian log. Mind you, we haven't seen <laughs> any cheese, of bread. Waffles for breakfast. <laughs> Have we seen any photos of our players? I mean, you know, they might roll out looking like a load of lard asses. Who would they? you pick for the Arsenal? What, how would you set out your eleven? <laughs> I mean, not, I'm not just thinking about the Etihad particularly. But what would be your best eleven? Who would you like to see in the side? That's a good question. Yeah. Saka, obviously. Let's start Saka. in goal, though. Let's start in goal. Oh, all right, we're starting in goal. Well, Burn Leno. Burn yeah. Leno, Leno foot in goal. Okay, right back. Leno. Hector. Hector Bellerin. Are, are we going back four or back three with wing backs? Mm. <laughs> I haven't really thought about no. this for oh. months. See, months. Everyone, everyone thinks they can be the manager until you say, "Go on, then pick the side," pick the and side. we can't yeah, even but... get past the goalie. If I was the manager, I imagine I'd done some prep before someone asked me that question. I wasn't just but it's interesting that you've got, you've got Bukayo Saka, first name on the team sheet. Mm. I, I think Bukayo Saka is the future of Arsenal, if we sign him on a if contract. If we sign him on a contract, yeah. yeah there is that. Well, but I love that kid, and, and he looked amazing. So I'm having Saka, well, all right? He's my pick. Well, this is what Tayo mentioned it last week about Both of them. Close, mate. You oh, nearly blew it. I nearly that blew it, didn't I? I nearly, <laughs> nearly blew that. Well you did blow it actually because you did say Tao. But I did and, uh, I got gonna, it. He'll already be on social media about it. I know he will. I'll, I'll have the Society of Black Lawyers on me ask, you know Anyway It's a bad time. It's a bad time tea, to make tea, this sort of mistake. Tea, tea, tea as we call him yeah, tea. Tea as we call him made a very good point. I mean I don't know if this is true, but I read somewhere that David Luis was on it was twenty-four million pounds. We've actually spent six million pounds of fixers. What are fixers? Yeah, but th- those numbers have been disputed, haven't they? Oh, they I have. hope so. Because if that, they I don't have. want that to be true. Because you... but we've all done gigs. We've all done gigs where there's been more than one agent involved, right? So it does go on. It's just the numbers are eye I know, but right? fixers. It used to be agents. What are fixers? Is it? Oh, get get, fix, get, uh, get Nick the Greek uh, over. We want to buy a couple. <laughs> basically, of it is. Yeah, it is. That is basically what it is. Yeah. It's shady characters in suits with mobile phones. That's how they Can't operate. we just phone up Chelsea and say, listen, we've got a couple of old Deadwood players you want to get rid of. Uh, we'll give you a shed load of money. Couldn't it just work like that? Why do we have to have this... Well, it, it looks like, because I think Arteta likes Louise, it looks like they're going to try to keep him on, take the option for a further 12 months. Um, would, you, would you pick him against Man City? No. No? Who no. would you have at centre-back? Uh... Ah well, uh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to run through uh, the players uh, uh, in our yeah, squad. Uh, uh, holding and uh, Rob Holding, you like Rob Holding? I, I know do, you do. I do like Holding. I just feel he needs a chance. I think Callum Chambers isn't fit. Oh come on, right. he must be. Well, it's no, a bad he's injury. Not. It's a bad oh, okay, injury. Okay. So soft, I think it's going to be Socrates or Mustafi of. or Louise. Ooh. But you're not having Louise. We'll, we'll hand over to Mikel Arteta. Socrates, <laughs> <laughs> Mustafi, all of... Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. People are talking about us getting the top four. People like me, for example. Who are we talking about? Who's talking about us getting you? I am. No, well, what happened last week in the podcast was everyone was, oh, I'm not really interested. I'm doing, this is Damien. Mm. I'm not, <laughs> not really interested. Right. And I don't know. Who cares, really? I mean, it just doesn't feel like... And I said, listen, listen, listen. If we win nine in a row, whatever it is, we could be in the Champions League. If we are the form team of this of this kind of weird lockdown, no fans period of the season, which is kind of a standalone block of football, whoever comes top in this league now 
gets to the Champions League, surely. And we have got a chance if we win our matches. So we've got to go to the Etihad, put on a good show and try and get something and try and get a run going because we could get into the Champions League. We're eight points off it at the moment. It is quite a long way, but it's we just don't know what the other teams are going to do in this situation. So many players are at the end of their contracts. Teams are playing one another, going to drop points. We have got, even though we have got pretty tough fixtures, because we've got to play Tottenham Hotspur away, we've got to play Liverpool at home, we've got to play Man City away. So, you know, regardless of the fact there are no fans, still difficult opposition. But if we can get some results together, we could get, certainly could get a Thursday night campaign going next season, or we might nick fourth. So we have to go for it. Fifth, oh, yeah. fifth might be all right as well, by the way, because Man City might be banned from Europe. Has there they? been so, any more talk about that, or has that just well, gone with the Brexit negotiations? No, just disappeared. They, no, they're just saying it's still standing at the moment. It's still standing. It's still, the ban is still know, standing. Yeah, yeah right. but it may they go can't, to court. They can't convene a court for Man City to contest it in, so it's going to have <laughs> no. to stand. Well, no. I'm sure there's a field somewhere up there that could all stand around it, couldn't they? <laughs> so Man United are currently in fifth, and yeah. they are five points ahead of Arsenal. But we've got a game in Man United play Tottenham in their, their first fixture. They play in one another, okay. so they could well, someone's dropping points straight yeah. away. Yeah. You know, I so there's, there's too many teams above us to get Champions League, but I think we could get Europa. I definitely think we could get Europa, and that's what the club wants, right? That's the minimum that the club wants is to get Europa League, because otherwise we're struggling. Well, otherwise season, it right? means you finish ninth, which is a, just appalling thought when you spent seventy two million pounds on a striker. Yeah, but Would you not... play Pepe? I mean, it's on a... OK, so I've got Hector Bellerin right back. Is that what we're doing? Well, Hector Bellerin, yeah. four at the back. OK, yeah. I would then yeah. play Mustafi. Mustafi with Holding? Yes, yes, Mustafi with Holding. Now, left-back is a key position for Arsenal. Yeah. We've got three left-backs and no-one knows which is the best one or if any of them are any good. But Brendan Rodgers still wants to sign Kieran Tierney for Leicester. He loves him because he had him at Celtic. Well, that means yeah. we've got to keep So that's him. a rumour that will not go away. Because no, there's a big talk about Chilwell getting signed, possibly by Chelsea. He's had a good, good season with Leicester. He might get a move out of there and then they want a left back. Would you take 25 mil for Kieran Tierney if it meant you could invest in other areas of the squad? Or would you make him the Arsenal left back for the next 10 years? I'd make him the Arsenal left back. What happened to Saka here? Why is Saka playing further forward now? I would surely have Saka further forward. Yeah. I really would, would think higher. So you up have Saka and all right, so Saka and Tierney playing together. Mm. I love the thought That's of those. That's great. Two. Best yeah. two crosses of the ball in the club, yeah. by the way, as well. Yeah. And so yeah. have them both. Mm. I wouldn't I don't want to sell or Tierney. Or Saka on the right hand side coming in on his left, possibly. But there's a <sighs> lot of players up here go to that end of the pitch. Then you've got Aubameyang. does he play number nine or does he play on the left? Lacazette, is he in the side? Does Pepe play? Is the front three going to be Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe? Or where's Martinelli going to come in? Or is Saka's first name on the team sheet, so he's somewhere in the mix. How are you going to, how are you going to pick mm. and choose up there? Would you, God, I would I'll like Aubameyang number nine, personally. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's all too much pressure, this. <laughs> <laughs> I see why managers lose their shit after OK, a year. I'm going Aubameyang number nine with Martinelli oh, yeah. and Saka either side and, I'm, I'm, and Lacazette and Pepe are dropped. This is a big shout. I've just dropped oh, 120, 130 million pounds worth of international talent. Well, they're on the and sub stuck bench. them on the bench for two 18-year-olds. So what am yeah. I playing at? Yeah, but I, I, you, I won't be alone in saying that. I know. I know a lot of people would rather see those 18-year-olds in the starting lineup and the other boys on the bench, and perhaps it ought to be the other way around. I don't know. 
Yeah, but I think of the psychology with the youngsters playing, and if uh, Manchester City have been uh, stuffing their face, maybe they're not so fit. I mean, it'd be a chance worth taking. Yeah, I mean, just look at the manager. If you think of the example of the manager. Yeah. Oh, he's Great bloated, go. drunk. He's sweating all the time. Sweats out the booze with a run round the pitch. Yeah. You take training, whoever it is. Yeah, it's got very shabby, Dallas. I've got a banging headache. I've had 16 bottles of Rioja last night. <laughs> yeah, his, his heart's not in it anymore. He don't want to be there. <laughs> Do you not think we're playing quite an attacking team against Man City if we're playing a three up front like that? By the well, way, this is Man playing, City we're playing. What do you want to do? A 4 5 1? I don't know, 9 1 0 or something like can that. You have a, can you either of you have a stab at picking someone? I'll have Xhaka in the centre. Uh, will you? Yeah, I like. I'm, I think Xhaka wow. has been nicely rehabilitated. And if, and if Arteta can get a tune out of him. He, I think he works for get me. A tune out of him. That's a nice turn of but phrase. Would you have Torreira? What about would Ozil go in the middle? Would you I'm d- I don't want Messi Ozil. In you that don't. Team. Ozil's not in the side, so we've dropped no. Pepe, Lacazette, and Ozil. <laughs> Two hundred million pounds worth. Of this is a lot of wages on the bench. It's a lot yeah, of transfer fee on the bench. Yeah, but you want to win the game. You want to win the game. I want to encourage the youngsters. That's what I want to do. I want to see the young players come in. That'll. Don't encourage the experienced players. Well. I'm saying Xhaka, by the way, who is an experienced player. Xhaka's yeah. been kind of playing and deep, hasn't he? And then dropping into almost a back three at times. So he goes to the left-hand side of the centre-half and Mustafi on the right-hand side, and then they can hit these long passes from those defensive positions. That's a big, very noticeable thing under Arteta. He likes having him there. Doesn't want him really in the opposition half. He thinks of him as a midfielder who's going to play more in his own half and around halfway. Mm. He used to play those nice passes inside the full-backs for the wide players to run onto. If he starts doing that again, those, starts passing forward. Yeah, I know you were never a fan, but I quite I, I thought he did all I, mean, I can't yeah, stand I, him. I, I get the sooner that. he's yeah. out of the club, the better. <laughs> I cannot. That's the look of him, just the sight of him. His shambolic <laughs> okay. defending, his positional play, his horrible, nasty little fouls. He's always in the wrong place. He can't defend. He's a coward. He turns his back. He never has an assist. He threw the armband down and told us all to F off. He still hasn't come back from that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bad day. Oh, right, you're big, not having Xhaka. Right, it's you're a big nine Xhaka games then. for Granite Xhaka. It's a big <laughs> yeah. nine games coming I'm right up now. That. But I don't Do know who I would have in my midfield. You're looking at Lucas Torreira, Matteo Guendouzi, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Who are your Sebaos, central midfielders? Danny Ceballos. Is, is he there still, Danny? Yeah. So Flattest to deceive, I would say. Yeah, There's not a lot of choice, is there, really, yeah, to be fair? That's where we need to oh, I'll tell you what up. I forgot. You could have at right-back Cedric Suarez. I don't know if he's fit. And you could have uh, Pablo Mari, of course, at centre-back if you wanted a really kind of heavy-legged, can't-really-turn-can't-run sort of centre-back. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some of them. Just what no, you need against Sergio them. Aguero, I would suggest, yeah, who's famously yeah, yeah. slow. <sighs> I don't know. Now I'm thinking maybe five at the back, but I don't want to pick three centre halves. No, I just because I don't rate. Well, Jacker drops in, doesn't he? And then the fullbacks go. So if we've got Kieran Tierney on the left, Hector Bellerin on the right, they're they're quick. They like to get forward. Quite tenacious players. They say they could do quite well. Probably David Luiz will play. I'm not sure about if Holding's fit or not. Then in the I midfield, are, are you going to have Torreira in there with Granit Xhaka as a kind of little helper? Yeah, you need someone scurrying around. And he's, he's or Danny Ceballos, because Ceballos did play pretty well. He likes to get on the ball and go forward and drive the team on. But we had Mesut Ozil in that team, didn't we? We had the two midfielders sitting behind Mesut Ozil. Oh, we'll disappear. And if you have, well, I can't imagine him doing much against Man City, but 
Who knows with him? Now, we've already played Man City this season at the Emirates. Oh, my God, Uh, I was at that game. Do you remember that? Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't at that game. We got beaten, Jeez, I was down at the the North Bank end. I got a clear view of every Manchester City goal. And I really felt... You know when you see a a non-league team in the FA Cup getting the runaround from a Premier League team? That's how it felt that Arsenal looked like a non-league team against a really... Good premise. It's a bit harsh. I went, but mate, we looked good for five minutes. Martinelli had a chance, and then after that, it was downhill. You know, when we tried to play out from the back, we looked lethargic and slow. When when you see City yeah. do it, it was quick, snappy, fast. Oh, yeah. We were a long way. We were, we were outclassed. We were totally outclassed, and they scored goals that were great. But that we we looked so. Can I read dull. you the team from that day? The Arsenal team on that day when we played Man City. This is in December, nil three. Leno in goal. Maitland Niles was at right back. Chambers and Socrates at centre back. Kolasinac at left back, and then the midfield was Guendouzi and Torreira. And then we had Martinelli and Pepe either side of Aubameyang with Meza Özil in there as well. So let's not pick that team. No. <laughs> There's yeah. a clue. Yeah. That's, that's our blueprint. You should have started with that. This conversation, you should have started who played in the home that game. And then let's wipe that lot clean. So we've got all these games coming up. Several that we're playing kind of every three days, really. They're saying that you're going to have five substitutes, which seems to really does favour the, the bigger squads with the stronger benches, it does, doesn't it? It yeah, it I does. Think, was it Chelsea were pushing for that, five subs? Uh, because they're worried about the the amount of muscle injuries with the, suddenly coming back to football and then playing a lot of football. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of players used in the coming up. We have a couple of league games and then we have Sheffield United away in the Cup. Do you, do you think, I'll oh, sod the league, let's just see how we get on, who knows. Not but let's, sod the let's bust the gut and go for the FA Cup. Yeah, not sod the league, but I think we've got a chance now in the FA Cup because Sheffield United away, I didn't fancy it when there was going to be fans in the ground. Whereas now, with 30,000, you know, pumped up Yorkshiremen cheering And there's on. no one left in the Cup. Mm. I mean, well, Man City and Chelsea, but apart from that, I think Man United, <laughs> but apart from that, off the top, yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's, it's a clear brilliant. run. It's a clear so, run to the final. Yeah, but I don't think I, I don't think we've got any less chance than anyone else except for Man City. I think Man City are the favourites, aren't they? Liverpool. And we are out, uh, we beat they? them in the semi in 2017, famously. That was a great game. That yeah, when uh, game. Alexis. Scored. I think we should definitely go for it in the league and the cup because then when oh, the okay. new season starts, well, yeah. if you carry go for that, it every game, yeah, if that you have a successful end of season momentum, momentum is what it you're carries on about. into the next season. The big or, mo, well, <laughs> or just kind of cruise through to the end of this season and be ready in August. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> ready for what? Ready for what? Ready for what? <laughs> what a season without European football and free Thursday nights. It, we were a bit unfortunate um, it, with the suspension of football in that we had just one three on the bounce. So hopefully we'll pick up. I mean, if we do, just one other thing: if we do beat Manchester City at the Etihad, which is we're not the bookies' favourites to say the least. No. Uh, it means that Liverpool could win the league with their first game back. They play Everton at, at Goodison. I'm hearing now that they will be allowed to play that at Goodison. Is that right? <laughs> oh, oh, well, they were talking about neutral grounds mm, for the big yeah, derbies, weren't still... they? Spurs and Arsenal as well. Well, they were talking particularly because of the Liverpool fans and they're going to want to celebrate the, the idea of keeping them all socially distanced, you know. But I don't know. Anyway, they, they, they've got a chance of beating Everton to win the league. 
which I really Everton fans oh. Oh, there is that's a club who wanted this league suspended there's no Everton <laughs> fan who wanted to see a ball kicked for the rest of time and now no. their absolute worst nightmare has come true which they're going to watch on TV they can't even be there well, Everton fans had said if this was the scenario and we didn't have this virus, they said they wasn't going to turn up anyway. They said they, <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. They just wasn't going to go. So there would only have been the Liverpool fans at the away end there. The rest of the ground yeah. would have been empty if that was the scenario, you know. Yeah, well, you <laughs> so know, can uh, you blame in, them? in the city of Liverpool, there would have been plenty of Everton fans just taking a few quid off Liverpool fans. Here, you can have my yeah, 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 You I can have, yeah. just have it. We're all, none of us are coming. But yeah, that's probably going to happen. And then, and then, so then after that, it's all about relegation. Do you care who goes down? Not really. They're only themselves to blame. Have you looked at league table? I haven't looked at a league table much since I saw the Arsenal position. I, I didn't look at the I've bottom. Done a football podcast with you two. You've got absolutely no interest. <laughs> no, not... You don't even care who plays for the Arsenal. He <laughs> just said to me, he's got his own podcast, which he is a host, which he gets paid. He gets paid. Oh, I haven't even looked at the league table. Well, we haven't started on that yet. It's the first time I've really considered it. Yes, I've it. looked at a league table. Do you want I'll me to tell you what it speed. says? I'll get up to speed, but I certainly haven't looked at the bottom of I'd the league like table. Norwich Who's to in stay it? Norwich. I'd like Norwich. Norwich. To do you? Why do you like well, Norwich? Well, because you know it's in a game you that we, we could feasibly care. go to. You know, which not that I have, but I mean, you know, it's too far. It's thirty miles not too far. far. It's just at the end. It is. Oh, Norwich and Bournemouth, thirty miles too far. It's always, oh, always, always. It is, yeah. <laughs> Norwich is Bournemouth. There's an, there's an there's an extra hour in that Bournemouth exactly. trip yeah. that catches you out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Norwich takes an hour longer than you think. So I don't uh, want I'll them do to some emails because we're not interested in the football. Um, <laughs> I've had an email from Martin Scheel who says, maybe a bit before your time, but some of your listeners may recall the FA Cup match in August 1973, the short-lived FA Cup third-place playoff. What? Any recollection whatsoever? No. Keith, you, you might have. It does you would ring have been, a bell. You would have been 13 because you were born, am I right, in 19... What year were you born? 60? 59. 1959. So this is August '73. We we lost three one at home to Wolves, and uh, yeah, I didn't go. That was to it. Uh, and you can see that on YouTube. It's the it's the FA Cup. Martin Shields reminded us of that. So good that call, was an blimey! One. Why did they do that? That was a bizarre. Well, thing to third place playoffs are pointless in every respect. Yeah, somebody thought they could fair. make a buck. I mean, yeah. Every time at the World Cup or the Euros, third place. You just I don't want to watch this. No one wants so, it. No. I've had some songs James Weeks has sent in. Oh my god, here uh, we go. To the tune of Copper Cabana. Okay. <laughs> That's a no straight away. Yeah, yeah, Bacayo, Bacayo Saka, left backer on the wing, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> He'll sell you know a message to his man, then cut it in the net because he can. And then he goes, apologies for paining your eyes with, let's face it, an unnecessarily long email in which the juice is no doubt. Not worth the squeeze. <laughs> Too right, Jamie Weeks. I saw that I saw Barry shit. Manilow live. You once did, did you? <laughs> you are kidding. I sat me. next to I sat next to Laurie McMenemy and behind Rowan Atkinson. What? <laughs> You've taken a few years a to fess this one up, haven't you? <laughs> well, we, Barry Manilow well, doesn't why come did up. Why you end up often. in the football seat? Well. <laughs> It's a special football section. Barry, Barry. You weren't saying yeah. that. No, no, we weren't. No, it was, a, it was a woman that I was quite keen on. 
who uh, who turned out to be a lesbian, but I didn't know that at the time. Oh, that happens all the time. Do you mean she was a lesbian? <laughs> happens to was me. A, I don't understand. Was she it. a lesbian after you met her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was. She was a lesbian in the five seconds that she said, "I don't want to be with you. I'm a lesbian." And then she stopped being a lesbian. Again. Those tickets cost me twenty pounds each. I saw Barry Manilow once. I was on the M6 driving back from a gig in Birmingham. <laughs> Load of comedians in the car. Harry Hill was next to me, and we there were two big limousines in the middle lane, and we got alongside them. And uh, the one, the one, the first one we came to had just had a driver in it, and we and we, and we looked across in the one in front, and it was Barry Manilow, unmistakably Barry Manilow, because oh, we were yeah. in profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Harry Hill starts going, "You write the songs that make the whole world sing." <laughs> Out the window. And no, so, so we're all kind of looking at him and pointing, and we're all doing it. And we're all four of us <laughs> are going, "You write the songs, you write the songs," and pointing with serious faces. It must have been in a second-hand Vauxhall Cavalier doing a hundred miles an hour on the M6 in the dead of night. He absolutely shat himself. Can you blame him? <laughs> And he, he hit the nitroglycerin, I think, because he just disappeared. And the M6 at a terrific speed. Driver, and some go. sort of a massive engine Bentley or something. It must be doing about 150. But uh, Mad, Thomas Mad, Howe Mad, says, what about Bakayo Saka, Bakayo Saka, la, 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 Bakayo Saka, Bakayo... No. That is shit. Or here's to you, Mikel Arteta. Us no. who loves him more. No. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, when, you, when you have to put the stress on the wrong part of the name, Mikel yeah. Arteta, that's just rubbish. Does it work? Not Thomas Howe, no. never email us again. No. Uh, Raymond Newell uh, it's got a Martinelli song to Lord of the Dance. Gabby, oh, wow, Martinelli, he is the star of the AFC and he'll score a goal wherever we may be. He'll score a goal, our oh, Matt Nelly. Raymond. Mm. <laughs> It never the most me again. almost there, it? <laughs> just... Eddie Hill says, here's an antique player spotting for you. My dad took me to Highbury during my early teenage years in the mid-1960s. We were hanging around outside the player's entrance, standing on the high curb on the side of the road when Ian Ewer and Frank McClintock walked up the road and into the ground, carrying their own kit bags. <laughs> Despite our <laughs> elevation, both of them towered over my father. Was he the Hobbit? Right. <laughs> Leaving well, quite an impression as well. on me. Different to the way they tend to arrive these days in their tinted window supercars. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, Eddie, for that ancient. Ian Ewer and Frank McClintock. That yeah, is one going back, yeah. isn't it? Do the players make their own way to the ground, or do they meet up at the training ground and all arrive together? On Some the of them drive in. Yeah. They drive in on the wrong side of the road in a Lamborghini. I wouldn't trust that lot to tip up on time anywhere, would you? Really? This is. This is from James Nuck here. Uh, days after we knocked out PSG in the Cupman's Cup semi-final of 1994 I was working for William Hill Bookmakers I was at a little quiet shop in Obert Park in walks Nigel Winterburn plucking up my courage I congratulated him on a great win and asked how right he was doing after he had a bit of a breakdown on the pitch do you remember that? and then he got got booked so he missed the final and then he waited for the bloke in the tunnel and gave him a black eye Nigel was a proper gent and chatted away and gave me an autograph on a betting slip. He then proceeded to lose £300. (laughs) 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 I like that one. Footballers and their money. There's another one from uh, Marius of Duke's Bar. Uh, David Seaman was in there every night for two weeks. This is Duke's Bar in Limassol, Cyprus. 
He's promised us, he's promised us a story every week, and uh, this is the second one. One night we had him up against the wall, and all the other customers were taking penalty kicks against him with a plastic ball. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Just give you an example of how nice he was. When I came back to the UK, he got me tickets to Arsenal Man United and joined me oh, in the players' lounge. Oh, even though he was man. badly injured when pulling a muscle. Right. Good, good man. man. Yeah, there, was a, there was a good one. Oh, we've had Matthew Gowdar sent us some collage. Oh, thank you, the, Matthew. In the style of, uh, of Cold War Steve. Of course, we're all fans of now having been introduced to his fine work mm. by uh, Tyo in a previous podcast. And this, uh, I'll post this on our... Twitter feed. Tyo's in it along with Dominic Cummings, Manuel Armunia, and Keith Dover in a thong. It's worth seeing. It's, it's, it's worth I've seeing. I've got to say, it's very good. And uh, it is very I'm good. going to. Uh, Tyo flying the plane as Tyo's well. Tyo's in a sock with Camel, I think. Yeah. On his way to back I might get a print of that and put it on the wall. <laughs> I, he's... I think you should, even because your arse looks good in this. I don't know who's actually arse that is. <laughs> it's not my arse. Definitely not my arse. It's magnificent not your arse. We've got an arse I double. really like the attention to detail. I He's think put it's the a full puma in there. Uh, even the, right. the road actually looks a little bit like my road, which was a bit scary because I thought. And you've Ooh. got a massive baseball bat. Yes, no, Matthew. That, that's not a great euphemism. work. Great work. Uh, I'll put that. Our Twitter feed, incidentally, uh, it used to be at Yellow Boots on. We lost that one. Uh, too boring to go into. Um, but it's now at. <laughs> it's at not you Bentley. Uh, not you, Bentley, uh, for those of you who don't remember. I think it was we got knocked out of the cut by Blackburn Rovers in 2013. Yeah. And uh, we, in a rare event, a kind of once-a-season event, we applauded the Blackburn players off the field. Uh, and uh, and really, I don't know why. It had been a massive rearguard action. We'd had about 20 shots on goal and lost one now. Uh, and as we were applauding them off the field, Tyo famously went, Not you, Bentley! <laughs> And it makes us laugh yeah. so much. And a new a genius young producer, Jay, has uh, suggested that. So that is our Twitter handle, at NotYouBentley. Uh, we've accumulated 1,500 followers. Get, uh, follow us on there, because that is where we'll post anything to do with this, including this fine bit of collage from Matthew Gowder. We'll try We used to have about 20,000 followers back in the day. They've all, di- they've all disappeared now. At Yellow Boots on, At yeah. Yellow Boots on. But, so, yeah. yeah, come and join us on... Uh, when we had the Facebook page, quite there. a few people used to Photoshop various things, mainly with me. I've got to say, I did keep them. I have got a file with all the photos. <laughs> have yeah, you? Yeah, I might do a collage I love myself. the idea of posters. Uh, posters all over your uh, house with you in various poses with cows uh, rearing the, the, up. The, oh, don't, uh, there was a death... <laughs> This week, no, two weeks ago, with a cow. Don't you? I thought of yes, you. That's you why I mentioned it because I saw, yeah. I saw cows rearing up, and I thought, oh, I hope Keith doesn't Don't see trust this. Them. Well, you must have been worried, Keith. Do you remember quite early on in lockdown, there was a spate of images being released in the papers of farm animals roaming around in high streets. Well, it is a concern. I remember there were some goats in Thlandidno. Do you remember that? Yeah, I I wasn't surprised with that. I mean, up near where you are, Wanstead Flats up around there, they've got cattle grids, haven't they? Up at the waterworks roundabout. It's not out of the question that you could have cattle roaming up and down. Well, we did. So E17. You did? We did used to. No wonder you're still in lockdown in disguise. Not anymore. But there was a herd of cows. Oh, you had them shot. Well, no. They come out with a baseball bat. Killed them off. But there was a herd of cows. Cows that used to roam round Walthamstow, very much so. In 1645. No, Keith. no, no. In the 80s. <laughs> no. Oh, so no. Look it up, Google it. There was a herd of cows. You'd have them going down O Street, Google all kinds it. of it's places. True. Wanted. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. 
That's why their cattle grids on the waterworks roundabout. Oh right, okay. Don't forget, yeah. eight people uh, here get Thomas killed. Simmons. Thomas Simmons says, on our way out to Cologne, we had Keown and Genus on our plane. They were nice enough to talk to us all the way off the plane to the exit. You mean you just pestered them <laughs> the whole way? Yeah. Yeah. Just don't pester people. I don't mind an autograph story, like especially if you're a kid. If you're outside the players' entrance or there's some event going on where you get to meet the players, but I'm starting to get emails where people are proudly telling me they've just pestered footballers, got on their nerves, got their phones out, can I have a selfie? They don't want to do it. When you're saying they're nice enough, it, you're suggesting that you know that you were being very irritating. However, the reason I'm reading this one out is it does end quite well. They were nice enough to talk to us all the way off the plane to the exit, discussing if Wenger should stay or go. We asked Genus if we could get a picture, and when he went to stand next to us, we said, no, can you take the picture of us with Keown? <laughs> Good work. <laughs> Pretty funny. Good work, well Thomas done. Simmons. He nice made us swear never to tell anyone. But you have. You've told us. And now we've yeah. told... I've got a old Panini sticker album, which yeah. when my mum was... We lived in Woodford Green on the Balkanese estate. She worked at this small electrical factory at um, near the River Road. In Anyway, there was an ex-Arsenal player, uh, Bill McCulloch, worked there. And he took oh, in yeah. the, he took in the sticker album to the Arsenal because he could still get tickets and meet the players. I've got to find this album because it's indoors somewhere. And I got most of the uh, double winning team: George Graham, John Samuels, Bertie Mee. You still got I've it? I've got it somewhere. I'm been tearing around trying to find it. I've got it. Yeah. Did you, old man, take you up there during the double season? Did you go to quite a few games? I... No, uh, do you know what? Not during no, the doubles, but the season afterwards, we went to. This season, oh, we went we've to ever had. a few <laughs> matches afterwards. Yeah, but was he going up there with his mates and then going to the pub? Yeah, and, no, yeah, yeah. No, don't want this. Yeah. Don't want this burden on my shoulders. <laughs> Oh, I can't take you up there, son. Yeah. It's dangerous, it's an horrible. <laughs> but then I found out he was using me as an excuse because he, he would say to me, oh, I wouldn't go to the Arsenal if you paid me. And then I was thinking, he said this for years. And then I'm thinking, I don't recall demanding him to take me to matches. And he was just using me as an excuse. I remember queuing up to get a semi final ticket. You know, when they used to snake all the way round Ivory. Oh, yes. And we all had, the way went to Stoke. I don't recall ever going, oh, I want to go and see the Arsenal. Going <sighs> Stoke. Queuing up. But yeah, so. I had to, I had to queue up outside up before the uh, the FA Cup final against May United because one of the stickers. Remember when you used to get stickers out of each of the programs? You used to have to clip the coupons out of the program and stick them on a form. One fell off. So I didn't have a complete. Oh, no. Form, so oh, I had you to should queue have sued up. the glue company. Oh, I had to get. <laughs> You know what? I was 16. I didn't know about that sort of Get stuff. Get a brief, and I, had to, I had to queue. Mother, I need a lawyer. Need a lawyer. One of my coupons has dropped off. <laughs> it does sound like an illness. I had to queue up for 14 hours round, uh, round the ground. Well, you're and then I cursing copy decks the whole way around. I got... I got <laughs> Britstick, you Britstick. bastard. Well, Britstick, I dispute that Britstick existed then. I don't I mean, think it did. I imagine you with a big brush. And, <laughs> do you? Okay. I had to queue up all day and then I got home about nine o'clock and then it was the election day that Margaret Thatcher got elected Prime oh, Minister. Really? That oh, day. Do you remember with the wow. programme? You know, yeah. as you say, you used to cut out the tokens and stick them in. But yeah. now, this is something else the club used to do. You know when they'd sell the unused programmes on and you could get them at the supporters club? They would nick yeah. a piece out. So they'd always... Stop you oh, getting the coupons. Yeah, you so it, you ah. couldn't retro get those programmes back 
if we got into the cup final. Oh, they would always make sure. Yeah, yeah. They used to nick a piece off. Right. Well, so I got them all. With 1980, I got the whole lot. Every single... I went to every home yeah. game and uh, stuck them all in. And, yeah, we had to queue for two hours right the way oh. around up to what, Overpark or They used, or whatever, to, have the, used to have the turnstiles open at the clock end. Uh, That's right. And, you, and it used to go all virtually all the way round to the other side of the stadium. Round the yeah, ground. Round the ground, yeah. it used to be. Yeah, round yeah. the ground. Got and we lost to West Ham. What a terrible disaster that was. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I've got and an email here to from. To um, let me tell you this. This is Connor Ward. He Hi, says uh, he's he's trying to get autographs in uh, for, over the Arsenal first team following a friendly match versus Barnet in two thousand and nine. Majority of players were willing to stop for autographs and pictures, with the exception of a couple. I won't name. Them, I won't name them. No, you but one was a French centre back who wore the number ten shirt and then joined the vermin down the road. <laughs> <laughs> This was not an issue. I had to chuck my pen and shirt a short distance to the players because there was a gap between the fans and the players. This was not not an issue. Only one player dropped the pen when I chucked it at him. No, that no, was no. Manuel Almir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he says another story. In 2013, uh, the news broke that we were going to sign Meza Ozil. This was after we beat Spurs. Do you remember that? I do vaguely remember this. That Levy was trying to, they were selling Bale and he was trying to not do the deal for Bale because he, he wanted one of the conditions of the deal to be that they would not sell Ozil to Arsenal. Oh, what a slow. Do you remember that? And Vaguely, they sold yeah. Bale, but uh, yeah. Real Madrid didn't go along with Levy's plan and they did Strangely. sell Ozil to Arsenal to recoup some of the money that they'd spent on Gareth Bale. And so we did get him, and we felt like we'd got the better of the deal. Anyway, he was so delighted about this uh, beating Tottenham and the news that we were signing Mesut Ozil. Had a few drinks, went on to the Arsenal club shop online, uh, ordered a shirt, and when it arrived, he hadn't ordered a Mesut Ozil shirt. He'd accidentally... <laughs> accidentally re- I mean, I can't even remember this player. <laughs> He's, he'd ordered a goalkeeper's shirt with a number 13 on the back and Viviano on it. God, no. That was a deadline day signing. Someone Viviano. called Viviano. I have a vague recollection of no. that. You've got a vague recollection of that? No, only because you don't get many names with two Vs in it, do you, to be fair? Apart from Vivas. Oh, why did you do it, There's Al? no need for that. There's no need for that. Why do you keep bringing him up? That's Connor Ward. I'll tell you what, I'll go on to at Not You Bentley and I'll post a photo of Viviano's shirt because Connor's been kind enough to see. We're going to have to get some more V's in. We've used up Viviano. Darren Briody, 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 not sure. He he sent me two pictures that he's got. He went to the zoo, London Zoo. Uh, One time he met Per Mertesacker. He went a year later, almost exactly the same day, and he met Lauren Koscielny, and he can't believe it. Well, I Uh, can tell you now, that's because they worked as part-time zookeepers. That's why he met them there. (laughs) I think think Mertesacker was actually one of the exhibits. (laughs) (laughs) There's Per in his natural habitat. He's in the BFG cage. (laughs) (laughs) Nice bloke, Per Mertesacker. I met him in... um, Me and Alexander met him in, uh, in a park in Hampstead Garden Suburb. He was practicing. Were you like Darren? Just went up and pestered him with your phone? Yeah. Never left him alone for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he was running away in the end. Leave me alone. I did behind trees. Burr! Burr! <laughs> <laughs> no, he was nice. He was nice. We just had a little chat. Did you use your child as an inn 
did you sort of push him forward first to sort of you did or did you Alex, go, on, go and talk yeah, to him I bet you did I bet you did you went go on Alex go on go on you go first mate is that what you yes thinking? I do yeah go on you get out onto that Tom, Normandy uh, beach <laughs> oh yeah I was going to say to you actually I slightly struggled for on this day, uh, listener, we're recording this on uh, Saturday, June the 6th. It's 1.12pm. Uh, I'm doing a time check as if I'm on the radio, but I'm not. Yeah. And um, on this day has been a quite a fun feature of the podcast during lockdown where there isn't any actual football. And yeah. all that happened on this day was the D-Day landings. There really is very little to report <laughs> apart from... Um, France played Uruguay and Thierry Henry got sent off. That's the only thing. That was, I think, the 2002 World Cup. Be fair, though, it gives you a good way of always saying it's easier to organise the D-Day landings than it is to get us lot all together into a pub. <laughs> you know? It's easier to organise the D-Day landings than pick the Arsenal team to play away at Man <laughs> City on the 17th. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I feel bad about that now, but I've given you the team. Oh, oh, you've given team. us the team. Yeah, well, it's the team oh, that yeah. didn't play. Go on, then. Yeah. What's, what's the 1 to 11? What's the 1 to 11? Leno, uh, Bellerin. I'm having Saka over Tierney. I'm having Louise and Mustafi because he was doing quite well at the mm-hmm. end of. Uh, I'm having Xhaka uh, and Torreira and Ceballos. Uh-huh. And I'm having the three up front. But I would like. Who, would the, who uh, are the three? Martinelli, Abama Yang, and Pepe. Oh, good front I'm three. Yeah, that's a good. That's, that's a, a fast great, front three. Who's good. who's supplying the bullets though? Sabayas. So no Mesut Özil for you. I just oh, Mesut Özil. You never know, but he never really turns up against the big teams, does he? So I'm uh, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, get us a bit of a solid base and see what happens. Work it from there. Hopefully Sabayas will turn up. Well, it's a, a team bit. that wants it's a team that would go at them, wouldn't it? And that's what you because uh, in Germany a lot of the home teams have been uh, losing or drawing, haven't they? There's been no home advantage. So if we get a team that goes for the throat early on, I think we could get a C. I just think they're our three best forwards. They are. Three. I think you're right. Mm. But it's interesting you have Saka down there because he's going to have his hands full as a defender mm. against I, I, uh, I Man think, City. I, I have no expectation that team can win, but they'll give them a game. They'll so give Kier- them a Kier- game. Kieran Tierney's on the bench with Meza Ozil and Alexandra Lacazette, Matteo Guendouzi, Maitland-Niles, Reese Nelson... Is Reese Nelson? Yeah, I like Reese Nelson a lot. But yeah, we'll have those six, and we'll have. Yeah. We'll have Emmy. Oh, actually, Emmy no, the, uh, I'm going to take Saka out and put Guendouzi back in. So I have uh, Torreira and Guendouzi in the middle. You're not having Jack. Yeah, because because uh, Guendouzi will have more pace, and you're going to need pace against City. So I think we're going to. Yeah, well, you're going to need okay. someone. Need you're going to need someone who can run around, and we're going to need and Torreira and Guendouzi together. They could, yeah, upset them a bit. Yeah. Yeah, right. let's go okay, with that. Got that side. Oh, uh, Tom Agas, uh, or Agas, or Agas, has emailed. Uh, absolutely brilliant to have you back. Thanks, Tom. Uh, not an Arsenal autograph story, I'm afraid, uh, but a satisfying one. I once sat one seat behind Gary Lineker coming back from Portugal. He is a tiny man, notably so. <laughs> really? Given his previous allegiance to the scum, I purposefully shunned him. <laughs> I wonder if you noticed. And, <laughs> oh. and did. And did not seek an autograph. However, <laughs> however, the air hostess professed she was a fan when handing out refreshments. Without her invitation, Lineker asked her if she wanted an autograph. Possibly this is a euphemism for Gary, mm. which she declined, citing a lack of a pen. Lineker was holding a pen and brandishing it. 
This produced a rewardingly uncomfortable five minutes or so as the hostess continued to serve the passengers all around Lineker, all of whom had witnessed her unashamed assassination of his self-importance. <laughs> I think you're... I just think you're projecting a little bit there. I've got to be this honest really with you. I like totally the idea. Arsenal tinted glasses. <laughs> Lightly. I just like the idea of, of Lineker's missus going, How was the flight, Gary? Said, well, the bloke in the seat behind me completely ignored me. <laughs> the, whole time. the bloke behind me didn't ask for an autograph, and I only got one air hostess's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> So, and he says, fingers crossed, Saka and Martinelli don't sod off to a club with some ambition. Ouch. Oh, no, hang on a minute. Wow. Hang on. That's, that, that all ended very you know badly. They, they, yeah, that, that uh, you know, you remember Andy Linden, Tottenham fan, comedian, actor? I remember no, right. on a, no a Love Him Dearly, okay. one of the great men of our lives. Right, so he's got... Sadly, yeah, sad. I haven't seen him well, in anyway. I, I just Before you tell this story, Keith, can I just set the scene by saying Keith and Andy shared a flat for a number yeah, of years. Yeah during which they mainly smoke weed and watch video cassettes of cheers. Correct. And then after Tottenham won the cup in 1991, <laughs> I saved Andy from falling out of a first floor window. Yes. <laughs> Did you? I didn't know that. He was leaning out of a first floor window, shouting the, shouting the Y word as we... <laughs> <laughs> the Y word army at the top know, of his yes, voice. Didn't know any of this. And uh, and then I think he urinated in a wardrobe. But anyway, uh, Keith, well, please, Kale. This is a strange story because this is Mark Lamar apparently won some competition to go to the Tottenham Hotspur training ground for the day. So Mark Lamar He's got no interest in football. Yeah, no, Mark, no, no interest at all. So how he won this competition, I do not know. But anyway, so he gives it to Andy, Andy being a Spurs. So he goes along there. Now, if you remember in Fools and Horses, when Rodney had won a competition, but it was like for the under-12s, but Del Boy hadn't put his... Del Boy had entered one of Rodney's drawings into a competition yeah. in the child in section. The child section. Mm. Well, this is what it was like for Andy. Cause, they won a holiday. Because Andy gets there to the training ground. He says they're all kids apart from him. <laughs> and he's still the smallest one, no doubt. <laughs> so he said he's complete muppet. And he was about 50 years old. 50 years yeah. old. The rest yeah. are all kids. He's the only one smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you got a light, son. <laughs> the only one with no teeth apart from those who hadn't yet got their adult teeth. <laughs> he said it, it was so false and horses. But he, he said Gascoigne was brilliant. But uh, Gascoigne apparently said to Andy, he says, yeah, we call Gary Lineker, Gary Vinegar, because he said uh, Gary Lineker was a real sourpuss that day. He was very miserable, oh, didn't communicate. The rest of the Tottenham players apparently were very nice, but he was the odd one out. But, yeah, He's the one. he was the one. All right. So. Uh, interestingly, from Perry Groves book again, Perry oh. Groves talks about uh, the uh, 91 semi-final where we lost to Tottenham Gazza's famous free kick. And Lineker got two and Seaman was in tears after the game. He says him and Merson went in the bath and pissed themselves laughing at Seaman crying, which about sums up their loyalty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he said they felt like the Arsenal lads felt like we're but we're working class kids and they were all the posh lot from up the road, which is I can't I, 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 I hadn't really heard that no. about them. Gaza certainly was about as working class mm. as you could get. Uh, I've got an email from Miles Jimmy Smith, unusual surname, Miles Jimmy Smith. Hi guys. I cannot clear up the story on Carnu's uh, stopping in North London to chat to people, but I did see him in Boots Heathrow Terminal 5 recently. It looked very much like he was off for a sex tourism holiday as he was buying a large number of condoms. OK, we're, we're assuming, <laughs> uh, for legal reasons, that Carnu was not going on a sex tourism <laughs> holiday. 
Blimey. Photo attached, and he's taken a surreptitious photograph oh, really? of Carlu in boots. Now, listen, listeners. I don't like that. We stuff. don't want surreptitious photos, and we don't want you pestering Lauren Kashelny at the zoo. However, again, I take. I having said all of that. I quite like this picture because on Carnu's hat, which he doesn't mention, uh, it, the most interesting thing about the picture is Carnu is wearing a baseball cap that says "Support Carnu Heart Foundation" on it. So, on the one hand. He's wearing a baseball cap, you'd think, to stop people recognising him. But on the other hand, he's, he's got his name on. <laughs> <laughs> Support Carnu's Heart Foundation. So do... do it's a long do way that. up, isn't it, to see a hat on top of Carnu's head? It is. He's a six foot five. Yeah, he's a big fella. Uh, someone's done a Saliba chant. We haven't even got Saliba yet. Oh, oh hearing very good things about Saliba. What about, who's this guy? Yeah. Was he called Partey? Is it, are, we, are we in for him? Thomas Partey. Yeah, Partey from Madrid. Atletico. Are we talking yeah. about buying him? Well, that's the rumour. He's a sort of tough tackling midfielder. I like yeah. the sound of him a lot. I'll have him instead of Xhaka. I've got a photograph here sent to me by Rob Watson. Uh, he's got a picture that he sent in of Arsene Wenger autographing a baby at Islington Town Hall after winning the FA Cup in 2015. Where? Again, I will... It seems like he's about to write it on the back of the baby's head, but presumably he's going to carry on down to the baby grow it's wearing. Again, uh, I must try and remember to put these things on at Not You Bentley. Uh, The mention of Adebayor's enormous motor reminded me of my one and only mundane Arsenal player spot. In about 2009, I was stumbling down the roughest bit of Kilburn High Road after a night out, and a rather incongruous Bentley seemingly abandoned half on and half off the pavement outside a fried chicken shop. The passenger door was open, the engine was running. Thinking it had been left by some joyride as I looked inside to see the number 25 stitched in gold lame on all of the plush headrests. I was slowly putting the piece together when the enormous driver of the vehicle brushed past me, carrying what looked like a family-sized portion of chips, and roared off into the night. It was Emmanuel Adibayor. Right. There's no less rough end of Kilburn High Road. Yeah. That that is just uniformly rough. (laughs) (laughs) Till you get the maid of veil, it's rough. He added 25 stitched into his headrest. They've got more money than they know what to do with. A couple of grand found bad down the back of the sofa. Let's get a number stitched into the headrest. Why not? You, do you never bump uh, into footballers more, anymore, do you? You never go into a... I mean, do they have servants, footballers? I mean, do they have staff that go, listen, you do the shopping this week, you go and take the car to the garage? They, because you never hear of anyone saying... I think we... Guess who bought their car in we, to be serviced? Guess who I see in the supermarket? You just you don't get that. We move in very different circles, though, don't we, Keith? Well, of course, fair. of course. You know, I mean, but you would think you might hear at least one story of someone bumping into one of them doing something ordinary. You know. Well, there, there's uh, there's going to the fried chicken shop on. Yeah, that's true. Kilburn I Road. True. I'm yeah. slightly reading emails as I as I'm listening to you, so excuse me, being it's, apparently. Uh, it's, uh, uninterested in what you're saying. It's all right. What do they do with uh, this? Though? It's the one-year anniversary of Jose Antonio Reyes' personal oh, car accident. Yeah. So I wonder if you guys could each pick your favourite memory of, of Reyes. Oh, that's easy. Middlesbrough. No. Middlesbrough. No. When he cut back inside and buried it in the top when we were losing 3-1. Yeah, and, uh, and it was a ball was. inside the fullback, and he just sort of clipped it behind his foot and then rifled it properly into the top corner. I love yes. I love that. And I love that game because that was the start of the season after we went unbeaten, right? 
and we were three one down. It was about two games in, and we thought we're going to blow it here. Yeah. And then Reyes. Well, also we were trying game. to get the we were trying to beat Nottingham Forest's record, mm. weren't we? And we were looking like we were going to blow it, and we. No, won that for game. me, was his home yeah, debut because. Me. You know, you very rarely see a home debut where someone scores. I believe he got two goals that day against Chelsea. So that, that for me, was a great moment. I love it when you get a new player scores on his home debut. It's brilliant. And it, what I liked about Reyes was he's actually a bit a bit like Alexis Sanchez. There's sort of similar players in a way. But his passing was superb. Mm. His weight of passing. He was a very talented footballer. He was kind of used much for his pace. Kind of in a wide position. Uh, big shoes to fill. Trying to come in for either Pires or Jungberg. He was quite yeah. a big money signing, wasn't mm. he? Yeah. Uh, but his passing was excellent. But what I mostly remember about him was that uh, Highbury, of course, famously, because of the way the stands were, would be half in shadow, half in sunlight on a sunny day. And Reyes would only play on the sunny side of the pitch. <laughs> and as soon as the clocks, <laughs> the clocks went back, he, he would move. He basically went into hibernation until yeah. spring. Yeah. This this climate was not for that player. He was from Andalusia. He didn't speak any English. He came from Seville, and he really needed to be in a. Hot he country. had a, quite a bit of success though, didn't he? When he he left us, he, he I think he won three Euro, Europa League. Titles with was it Af- with Sevilla? Yeah, with Sevilla. Go with Sevilla. I think he won even th- was it three or four? He may have won. So he, and he, he captained the side. So he went on to have some success. And it was very sad about his death. That was he's only yeah, a young guy, wasn't yeah, he? It's, it's sad. Yeah, only a young guy. Yeah, he also got kicked out of the game at Old Trafford with Gary Neville, didn't he? Oh God, yeah. in the fiftieth game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he got brutalised. Actual thuggery, wasn't it, in that game? Now, gentlemen, shall we talk about uh, Perry Grove's book? Oh, please, let's do. <laughs> the Tuesday Book Club is a feature that we've been introduced, although we've already been recording now for over an hour, uh, but just a filling because we didn't think we'd have enough content. Um, <laughs> well, we were struggling to remember <laughs> yeah. who actually played for us at one point. so That's very <laughs> true. Uh, but the Tuesday Book Club this week uh, is uh, a featured um, text is We All Live in a Perry Groves World by Perry Groves, which is actually a copy that was given away with the Arsenal official membership, which is quite interesting that they did that, given that he's, he's pretty candid about the club itself and uh, yeah. dis- disciplinary issues. Um, what, are your, what are your impressions, Ian, of... I mean, it's weird for this book. It's weird because I know him because I've worked with him. I used to, he used to sort of come in to Absolute when I was working with writing. He used to come in quite a bit. He was part of the rock and roll football show. And I, so I got to know him, and um, you know, he's he's a laugh, Perry. He was he once he I went we went out for a drink once, and I couldn't finish a pint, and he was absolutely disgusted with me. <laughs> Well, you're not finishing that. I've had enough, Perry. What do you mean you've had it? He just couldn't conceive of the concept of having enough, right? Um, so I don't want to have a go at him, but he does come across in this book, does he not, as a bit of a bellend sometimes, I would suggest, <laughs> a couple of times. There was one story in here when someone on the pitch, I can't remember where it was, had some sort of hypo attack. He was diabetic and... The coach said, you've got to go yes. and get him some hot, sweet tea. Now, this the bloke mm. who'd had the diabetic attack had been a bit nasty to Perry a couple of times. Well, I'll fill you in. I'll fill you in a bit more. It was the groundsman. 
is when he went to Colchester United, he was quite lived a little bit far away from the ground, and Perry Groves' dad suggested that he get digs near the ground. So you could already get a new picture that Perry Groves' father, they'd helped him a lot and pushed him a lot to be a footballer, was quite keen for him to get out of the house. <laughs> 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 I imagine him as a kind of hyperactive... Not very bright, annoying kid, annoying, very immature, yeah. and I don't. It reads as though he just never grew mm. up. He just was always like a hyperactive, annoying kid for his whole football career. <laughs> but yeah, he, the guy wouldn't give him a lift in. That's He'd make right. him walk in or ride a bike. He'd never give him a lift in <laughs> to training. <laughs> He, he left a little bit later, yeah. right? He'd go in his car a bit later, and it used to get on Perry's nerves. And so, anyway, he's a diabetic. He has a collapse. We need, we need some, get some sugary tea. Get a cup of tea with seven sugars in it or something. It's really important. <laughs> so Perry's sent off to get a cup of tea with seven sugars in it. Then just as he gets up to them, he deliberately dropped <laughs> the, the cup. That, that. To teach him a lesson yeah. for not giving them a lift to training. <laughs> like he would have known. He risked... He risked him dying. Because yeah. Yeah. when someone That's goes into I mean. a diabetic uh, attack like that, they, they're not conscious, so he wouldn't have known that he was piss-balling about deliberately. <laughs> in, his dying, in his dying words, he said, if only I'd given him a lift. I mean, it was that's what I mean. There were there were stories. There were quite a few stories like that. Essentially, but he says about that incident, he says, part of us enjoys the pain and discomfort of others. People pretend this isn't so, or they hide it. I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw that. That's pretty frightening view of the well, world. Well, very honest, and I've got to give him marks for honesty, but I did sort of wince a little bit. And there are a few stories like that, I think, well, that, that I thought, this doesn't reflect well. Yeah, Perry. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> on the plus <laughs> side, on the plus side, he is honest. That's what I will say, on the plus side. But my, when I was going for it, it was like, oh, cliche after cliche, you've got the... Brian Glover, Kez story with the teacher at school being competitive. It, I've seen it. Oh, we, we're a team that was good on paper, but we had to play on grass. And it was like, oh, again and again. <laughs> this is like the A to Z of every football bloody book I've written. But the thing is about it, the reason I think, because it, it was quite a successful book. It did book. well. Yeah. It sold a lot of copies for two reasons. One was because of his candour, because mm. of his honesty about his drinking, about his infidelity with his wife. He's, he's got a copy of his contract, his first contract with all the details on it. He tells some behind-the-scenes stories. which he, it, it, They're not glossing over it. It's not one of those no. that we talked about before. Oh, I've just got a big move to the arsenal. Here's a book. It's a, it was published a little while after he retired from football and it was kind of intended to tell the truth about what it was like to be a player at his level, which is good enough for Arsenal nearly, but not quite good enough to really have a sustained first-team career. And the other reason why the book did very well, which I'd forgotten all about, was that it came out around the same time that Ashley Cole's book came out. And while Ashley Cole's book famously had the story about him nearly crashing his car when he'd heard that Arsenal were going to pay him, offer him 55 grand a week instead of the 60 that he'd been told he would get. And Arsenal fans organised a campaign to buy Perry Groves' book who, who, who was popular with the Arsenal fans and they wanted him to have the money and also they wanted it to sell more copies than Ashley right. Cole. Is that what that was about? And it did. Right. It sold a lot more copies yeah, than yeah, Ashley yeah. Cole's book. And I haven't read Ashley Cole's book, but I don't doubt that it's a better read. Even if it is, as you say, it's quite uncomfortable at times. His behaviour is juvenile and irritating. But he says he's, he talks about himself 
and assumes that everybody's like him. So when he's 14 years old and he's going up to Wolverhampton Wanderers for a trial and he's signed as associate schoolboy with Wolverhampton Wanderers, I did what any 14-year-old would do. I got a copy of Nave and read it on the train, <laughs> hiding it inside a copy of The Sun. Now, I was when I was 14, I went on an Arsenal Travel Club train up to Anfield, travelling, but just been myself with all the other Arsenal fans in one of those coaches. A load of blokes came in and sat with me and, you know, they come round with a bin liner full of cheese rolls and throw them at you. you yeah. Cheese or ham. Cheese or ham. And I was sitting on one of these trains and the whole experience was all new to me and we, we stopped at Crewe and pulled in at Crewe and there was a train full of Wolves fans on another platform and they thought it was all going to kick off. This kind of atmosphere of near violence all the time. What I took with me, which I think was normal for a 14-year-old boy, was a copy of Shoot and a copy of Match Weekly. Yes. <laughs> Not Nave well, and Club. Well. So he's already got some odd attitude to women. And, and, and Subsequently, he drinks like a fish sleeps with strangers continually and it's all portrayed as if there isn't some deep-rooted psychological emotional problem in his relationships with women talks us through his divorce talks us through his indif- as if i just did what any man would do i slept with every stranger in every nightclub that i met when i was drunk I, and then he says there's a bit of a counseling culture in football uh, Paul Merson and Tony Adams aren't alcoholics. They're binge drinkers. If they're alcoholics, so am I. <laughs> yes, yes, Perry, you're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Perry, yeah, you, you also were a crippling alcoholic yeah. and it led to so much destructive behaviour, so many disastrous liaisons with total strangers. It led to a drink-drive ban of two and a half years. It could have led to, led, led to something way more serious, much as Tony Adams had. Tony Adams, he talks about the Tony Adams story when he crashed his car. He, he mentions a couple of times that Tony Adams was known for telling a bit of a tall story. He calls him a bit of a Billy liar. He likes a Jack and Ori. And so they didn't believe Adams when he said he'd crashed his car, when he famously had the accident that led to him going to prison. Until Adams shook his head and loads of glass from the windscreen fell out of his hair. All right, Tone, Okay. I've got to be honest. I mean, it felt like I was reading the script of Carry On Footballer. There was a bit of that. Uh, Yes. There was a bit of that. That's where it fell. And, I mean, as I say, very honest... (laughs) I mean, That's a very good idea for carry us. On carry on football. Carry on football. <laughs> Robin Esquiff. <laughs> Confess- There's a sitcom on television at the moment. It's supposed to be a Premier League club. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And uh, I didn't. I watched one. I thought it didn't really. I, I'd give it a couple more goes, but I didn't thing. feel very authentic. It didn't convince no. me. And I feel as though a sitcom set in the nineties about a, a first division football team would be a lot more yeah. interesting because there's no mobile phones, there's no internet, and everything's up for grabs. You know, you go to a nightclub and you just you can do whatever you like. I did. I did text you, didn't I? I said, oh, even the acknowledgements, and he gives acknowledgements to various people and his friends, and they're all. He's got all the uh, the nicknames. Chinny, Ginge, Big Nose, the Sicilian, Rocky, Quiffer. I don't, you know, I don't know who they are, but they're his mates. And it, and it, it was the nicknames. I thought, oh, I know exactly what this book is going to be from page one. From page, page one. one. What about when he goes to Southampton and uh, they're playing cards and they say, do you want to join us for cards? He says, oh, I don't really play cards. And Matt Letizia said to him, well, you can be a sub like you always are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he says to Letizia, all right, you big nose twat, at least I had the bollocks to go and play for Arsenal. 
rather than just stay here all my career. Yeah. And I thought, fair play. So there are moments when you think, there's something about him, like he's continually going about going in to see the manager. He Why aren't I being picked? He backs himself, yeah. he does. He has way. that, there's something, the, the thing about his character that gets him into trouble, that in some ways rubs you up the wrong way, is also the thing about his character that got him into Arsenal, that got him into that side, that got him somewhere. He had, he had courage, he had the courage, belief in himself, and he put he backed himself time and he time did. again. And he did, and he could play, couldn't he? Let's be fair. I oh, mean, we yeah, we yeah. were watching that that uh, replay of the cup final, the uh, the league cup final in ninety in uh, eighty seven when when he uh, when he beat the fullback and then put, uh, gave it to Nicholas and he scored the winning goal. He could play, Perry, couldn't he? I mean, he could. He could play. He's, he mentions a couple of times that his crossing was shit, and that. That is the truth of it. His crossing was shit. And uh, the other problem he had was he wasn't quite enough of a striker to play off Alan Smith and to be a, a, an out-and-out goal-getter. So he had some games playing as a, one of a two up front. And then when it came to the wings, well, Rocky had the right-hand side tied down. One of the best right-sided players that Arsenal have ever had. And on the left-hand side, Brian Marwood turned up and then subsequently Anders Limpard turned up. There's a nice little story in the book where they, he takes a penalty in a shootout in the Bakita Trophy at Wembley, and he misses his penalty. And then afterwards, Limpard said to him, well, you could have chipped it. Why didn't you chip it? And he says to him, what? <laughs> and he says, you should have chipped it. I said, how do you, can't, you are telling me how to take a penalty. You bottled it and wouldn't even go up and take one. So <laughs> it's full of, again, again. It's that, it's that thing about having the bottle, having the front backing himself. Yeah. Do you think that in the end, you nearly forgive the fact that he's just got no responsibility for his actions, that his constant behaviour that hurts people's feelings, leads to mm. disasters all over the place, crazy drunken behaviour, knocking things over in bars. And yet when people offer him out, he always said, I'll leave it alone, silly bollocks. He tells two stories about Ian Wright offering him out and Adi Akinfewi offering him out. And both times he said, oh, I'll leave it, silly bollocks. I don't need this. Yeah. So sort of just kind of slipped his way out of getting a, getting a thumb. Well, he, when he talks about the Tuesday club, they used to get meet at the start of the All-Win, you know, as a pub that we know. And, you know, 15, know he says we'd have 15 pints of lager, then we'd move 15 <laughs> And then you'd move on. That's what you have in a season, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not far. Season, it's season's allowed. Well, yeah, nowadays, but how can you... I mean, 15 <laughs> pints of lager and you're a professional football, you don't think it's going to have an effect. But do you think, as, as a youngster, because, you know, he, he in Colch, started at Colchester and all that, if he'd have, at an early age had been gone to a better school of football, maybe picked up... He would have been a better footballer. Do you think his career could have been a different? Well, form? interestingly, he says when he was at Colchester, he didn't drink. Mm. That's true. No, yeah. that's right. He wasn't a drinker at yeah. all. He he became a drinker when he kind of got caught up in the Tuesday Club. And the the suggestion has always been that the Tuesday Club was a fit, but actually there was only about half mm. a dozen of them. It, from reading this book, it was really Bolden, Adams, Merson, and him. Uh, Winterburn used to go. Other people would try and join in, but would end up so drunk they couldn't walk. Or, the, or the, there's, he tells us a lovely story about Jimmy Carter. Yeah, uh, you're losing control of his bladder. Uh, <laughs> yes, and urinating <laughs> over the leg. So that was a lovely. A couple moment. of other things stood out in the book. Um, he talks about going for a ball against Wimbledon, and he knew that Terry Phelan was going to do him. He could tell he was going to do yeah. him from the way they were coming together. He saw, and he just says in the book, I had to go for it. Yeah. A feeling came in and broke two of his ribs. And he knew that he was going to get it. 
But he just said, I had to go for it. He's not bigging himself no. up. He's not saying, oh, I was particularly courageous. It was just in his mind, that's what you had to do. And if he'd pulled out of that and not got two broken ribs, he'd have got stick perhaps in the crowd or he'd have been lost his place it in the It would have side. been worse for him not to get two broken ribs. I mean, yeah. that's the truth. and he missed the rest of that season. Yeah. So the, the physical courage that's required. There's also one moment in, where he goes through on goal against Southampton, takes a bad touch, quite typical Perry Grove. Yeah, not a finish. Takes it, a bad really. touch. And then he left his foot in so that Tim Flowers would bring that's him down. Right. And in doing that, he smashed Tim Flowers' face open. He broke his jaw, didn't he? Broke his jaw. And, uh, he had to have a But wire. he got the pen. Yeah. What I remember about Groves was he was terrifically fast in a straight line, but he absolutely couldn't change direction at all. So <laughs> <laughs> regularly, he would start dribbling and just run out of pitch yeah. and end up in the clock. Yeah. I'll tell you what was interesting when he was talking about Stan Flashman because they, uh, a load of tickets went for the little King ones. of the touts. Yeah. And I sort of forgive him because back in the day then, they weren't earning a great deal of money. You know, I mean, they earned a lot of money to ordinary people, short career. But I still didn't didn't like the fact that well, players... Well, you have to say, would you do any different, you yeah. know? But not all the players would do that, but most of the players yeah. would. Some One of the players... A lot of the times he names names and a lot of the times he doesn't. He doesn't name name the player who took took care of all the tickets for the League no. Cup final. They all went to Stan Flashman's house, yeah. and My, Stan Flashman had, had a fridge full fridge of cash, full of as cash. he describes it's it. Because burglars don't look in the fridge; they do now. But I appreciate his honesty <laughs> and owning up to that, and it was refreshing. But it would be nice of him. And he got caught. He got didn't caught, he? and he got yeah. The FA were not happy with him. But it would... My dad, my dad got banned from Barnet because he got in a row with Stan Flashman. At the game. <laughs> wow, Sam Flashman was the chairman. He was wasn't he? the chairman, and my dad was slagging him off, and he got thrown <laughs> out the ground. <laughs> well, well that was one of the few interesting okay. things in the book when he said that uh, about Stan Flashman, they, the inland revenue looked into it because they wanted to know why the ground looked full, and yet the official attendance figures was like about 4,000 when there's probably actually 9,000 yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the money that went through the gate at yeah. Barnet didn't go through the yeah. books. It sounds what? like. Uh, what did you make of the story about he had a he had a grandparent who came from Cork uh, in Ireland and he could have played. I think he was with Niall Quinn, was it? And they went to Jack Charlton at some place. So I can't remember where they were. Anyway, this is Perry Groves. He can play for Ireland. And Jack Charlton said to him, all right, we've got an Ireland B international on Tuesday night. You can play up front with David Kelly. Just like that. No no looking into it. No, <laughs> well, we're going to need to see a birth certificate or just, all right, you can play Tuesday. Rather like Tony Cascarino, who famously played 88 games, times for Ireland yeah. and has got no Irish blood in him whatsoever because no-one checked, right? And he turned down the chance to play for Ireland B alongside David Kelly. He said if he'd been... Pick for the first team squad he'd have gone. Well, that's another example of him, <laughs> that sort of backing himself thing all the time. I remember when he's 16 and he's at Colchester going into the manager's office saying, I should be in the first team as a 16-year-old. That is quite impressive. And I think it's part of the same character flaw, you could say. That, that, yeah. that you know, he could have played. He could have played for Ireland B, done well, and been an Irish international. He would have been good enough, wouldn't he? I get the feeling it would have been a much better book with the person who collaborated on it. Yeah. And I get the feeling that's what a lot of the jumpers for goalpost stuff that's in there is probably the guy who collaborated on the book. 
I mean, when you talk to... It does to... sound like him, though, Keith. I've got to be honest. Mm. Having spent time with him... Oh, really? Okay. Reading the book, yeah. it does sound like Perry. OK. Purse, okay. Well, as they all call yeah. him. I mean, uh, I like Perry as a pundit. I've listened to him, and he's the only one who has a go at the board members or the owners of our club. He's the only pundit who really says, well, Arsenal problems stem from the top. Whereas a lot of other pundits will go go around the issue, skirt around the issue. He, he did get he did get in trouble, didn't he, for saying about hol- a holocaust of defending the other month. Well, I didn't <laughs> and know he that. said, oh, and I found him up so and carefully, went, Kept Perry, what are you doing, you bastard? What did you like the story about Anders Limpar putting a load of stones in Colin Paint's foreskin? <laughs> what? Oh, I missed that. I must have. I hadn't got up to that section yet. Oh no. <laughs> Oh. Colin Pates passed out drunk and uh, Anders Limbaugh said, I'm going to put some tiny stones in his foreskin. And they thought, what are you on about? <laughs> and uh, he, he took his penis out of his trousers, put stones in his foreskin and left him there. And this was in a hotel reception. Oh. Well, yeah. It's... That's what I meant when I said at the start. Aren't I mean, you glad you never became a professional footballer? I mean, if well, you had to walk around with I, characters well, like that. I was, I was circumcised, so I didn't have to worry about that particular I'd have worn a chastity yeah. belt for lots of reasons. <laughs> um, the one thing, uh, before we wrap this up, it, it talks about them all going to Paul Davis's golf day. Paul Davis had a testimonial golf day. And uh, he says, we couldn't be bothered to play. Why not? I, I was yeah. left a bit speechless. I was a bit but, I mean, Paul Davis was my... I mean, before they really started to become a proper side in the late 80s, when I used to go down there... Well, we all did, but, you know, in the early 80s, when I saw Davis make his debut at Spurs in 1980, and then you've, I've been looking at clips of... Because we're going to talk in a little bit about 82, 83, 84. There's so many times where Davis is so elegant on the ball, such a superb midfielder at that time, yeah. coming into a team which had people like Peter Nicholas and Brian Talbot chugging around the midfield and... Anyway, they couldn't be bought. No, I didn't like that. It doesn't really go into any details, but I was a bit disappointed. There are moments in the book where I didn't like him. And I I do like him most of the time. But, you know, he's a footballer and, and came up in that time... I mean, my God, it's not the worst. He didn't... It's not the worst thing. No, that's right. And also, you would have to say about the book is, uh, do you think he cares if you like him or not? No. (laughs) I think that's... It's hard to tell. That's a good point, isn't it, really? No, It's hard to tell. Sometimes you feel like he's saying... I couldn't give a shit if you like me or not. And sometimes you feel like they're saying that so much that what you're really hearing is you do care greatly whether you're liked or not. Well, stop behaving but like you push a... your behaviour right to the stop. edge to try and make it look like you don't. Yeah, stop behaving the way you're behaving mm. then, really. You'll be liked more. I wouldn't have read this. I wouldn't have had this for a while. It came with the, uh, with like you say, with a membership. And I wouldn't have, it's been sitting at home. And then he said, we're doing uh, the Perry Gross. I thought, all right, I'll read it. But, it's like, I don't know, 12 hours of my life I'm not getting back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did you enjoy at least, and so apologies for the homework, but did you enjoy at least, for, my, for me it was my favourite time as an Arsenal fan, um, was those George Graham years. Perhaps it's because of the age that I was and I was going to a lot of away games and there's still terracing for, for part of it. But between him arriving around about, when did he arrive? 86, 86 yeah. up until around 92, when we won two titles and all that fantastic side with Rocky, the Anfield game where he came on as a sub and Georgie Graham's magic, he wears a magic hat and all of those days, were they were yeah, my favourite. Yeah, but that's why I wish he'd gone Rocky into Rowe more Castle detail. Ma- I mean, the League know. Cup final where we, you know, we beat Liverpool, 
it doesn't really capture the moment. And yet, I bet we could talk. I went to that game. I could talk about that game and bring more colour to that story than he has. And I'm a little bit annoyed about that because, like, this is your first final, and it's it's okay, but it's. Doesn't, yeah, but it's his doesn't job, though, give Keith. it to me. It's, it jo- it's his job, Yeah, Keith. but it's he's there. I mean, standing behind the goal. We're standing behind the goal when Charlie Nicholas's uh, goal goes in. He goes and celebrates in front of us. That was a fantastic moment. Yeah. He and Russ scored and, you know, they never lost when he and Russ scored. And then, he, and then we do that. And he was a part of that. Groves. He's away from Gillespie. Nicholas and Rocastle in the area. Nicholas! I'm not getting that sense of a cup final in the, in the story that in that chapter. I'm not getting. I want the buzz. I want to just be turning those pages. I don't know if that's fair, Keith. You know, because he does talk about you know walking out at Wembley. There's and a bit of that. Ninety two thousand mm. and how he started the season at Colchester and he couldn't really believe it. And he's I just wanted fan. more. I I'm wanted without. More. I'm without. No, I just wanted this, more. You know. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. Well, well, I didn't. Well, we can't. I want more. That's all there is. By the way, that's all there is. I get it. Forget it. I can't. Let it go, Let it go. By the way, don't you remember you were talking about the football specials and they used to bring round cheese or How ham did we rolls? Survive yes. And uh, that was I was that was the first time I ever had ham on one of them because they run oh. out of cheese. Right? And I was at the time I was trying to stay kosher, even though I was going to football on a Saturday, having missed out synagogue. You must have been hungry. And they said, "I went, can I have a cheese roll?" And it went, "We run out of cheese, mate. Only got ham." Oh, I thought, all right. Oh. It. <laughs> it's lovely, it was. Say a little prayer. Absolutely delicious. <laughs> it was very nice. No, yeah. just, you know, you'd be forgiven for yeah. that, mate. Technically, yeah, pro- they say it was ham. I tell you, there's probably a lot of badger, <laughs> skunk or something in that meat. It wasn't... Which are all kosher, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Badger <laughs> and skunk. Yeah. <laughs> Famously. Yeah. Now, lads, we've gone on too long yeah, as go it is. On. Let's go through. But I'm sure if, if you're still here with us, listener, then, you, then you're the type of Arsenal supporter. Who's going to enjoy us uh, talking about the? We I said to the, I said to these two, we'll be going to football for a long time. Should we look back on the season? I'm thinking 82, 83, and uh, they said, what about 83, 84? <laughs> so we've ended up thinking, oh well, we'll talk about these two seasons, 82, 83, <laughs> and 83, 84. And the reason I talked, we wanted to talk about 83 was because we had these two semi-finals against Manchester United, Manchester United, uh, the League Cup, two leg semi-final in the League Cup. And uh, and the and the FA Cup semi final at Villa Park, which I remember going to, standing at the at the right at the back of the whole end. Yeah. I was seventeen. I stood right at the back of the whole end, and at half time, all these men came up towards me, walking up the steps towards me. I thought, why are they? Because I was really was in the back row with the wall behind me. And as they came up, what happened? It turned out the whole end was you didn't go off to try and find a toilet. You went up the back and slashed against the wall at the back. And then gallons of piss just ran down the steps of the entire whole end. So if you stood in the back row, you were standing in the urinal. And you have to get out of there. And I, and I did. We went one nil up in that game, a goal from Tony Woodcock. Which was going in anyway, wasn't it? It was East. He, yeah, Stuart Robson had stabbed it towards no, the No, I think it was Vladimir yeah. Petrovic Woodcock. put the... No, I, we, I watched the replay this morning. Petrovic tried to chip the goalkeeper. Robson was on the floor. He stabbed it towards the goal oh, and Woodcock put it Woodcock in. Woodcock toe-poked it in when it was actually basically on the yeah. goal line, wasn't it, to, yeah. to make sure he got the goal for himself. Norman Whiteside got the winner. Um, the first goal, it was Chris White gave the ball away to Ashley Grimes, who 
crossed it for Robson. David O'Leary fell over. Then the next goal, David O'Leary let Whiteside go. Whiteside volleyed it in, and then you can see O'Leary having a go at bollocking everyone. Yes, you do. Everyone don't you? inside. Yes. He's yelling yeah. at everybody inside, yeah. and it's absolutely your man, David. Yep. He's your man. He's made a run into the channel behind you. He's on his left foot. You've got to get across there and black, and you put your ten yards out of position. He smashed it in the corner. They're all looking at you, and you're bollocking them. That yeah, really... sounds, he was famous. For but what that. I remember, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know what you were doing in 1982. I was 16 years old and I just started at Loughton College doing media studies and I was going to every game. I had a terrace season ticket on the North Bank. Were you at every game in those days? What were you doing in 82? Uh, I was working at Ford Motor Company, um, probably at the engine plant. I did go to most of the games, but obviously you, you do night shifts, so you do you could do two weeks, days, two weeks, nights. I hated night shift. It was horrible. Um, but I remember... So if you did night shift on a Friday, you can't go to the game on not, a Saturday? Uh, oh, no, I could go to the game on a Saturday because you'd, you'd get up early, and you'd finish at seven in the morning. Mm. So, you know, I'd get a few hours yeah. kept. So I'd go to those games. But if it was a midweek match, like the Milk Cup game right, right. was, um, and we got beat 4-2 by Man United in the semi-final of that, you missed that no, one. I was at that game. I was at. We actually got. Oh, it was agony. We were four 0 down. I know. In uh, we pulled two goals back, but I think I, I probably remember. left by that point. You know, Stapleton scored. You don't remember it? Well, I was smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was living in a house with a drug dealer. If I'm that helped. And, and there was a tremendous amount of weed. And so where, where I was were going. you living at that time? I was living on the 14th floor of a tower block in Cricklewood called Templewood Point. Right. We had endless visitors. In it's fact, probably I only the second the... floor, but he felt like 14 after. <laughs> no, it was the 14th floor. So what age were you? Weed. about, what, 18, 19? 19, 19. Were I you at university once... then, or what were you doing? No, no, I left. I got kicked out of school. I went to the... the... I went into the sixth form and I got thrown out for starting a card school in the common room. <laughs> and I got well, a job. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't like gambling. Um, yeah. And um, I was working, I was in a civil service. I was starting to do a civil service sort of apprenticeship. And uh, so I was working in Croydon. I was travelling backwards and forwards to Croydon every day and just smoking industrial amounts of weed. Oh, I bet a lot really. of work got So I don't done remember... <laughs> Uh, none, but nobody. It was a civil service, and nobody gave a shit. <laughs> I bet there was loads of people <laughs> waiting for their uh, visa to come through, and thanks to you being stoned, it's probably still waiting. No, I, I, I had a drawing board that if you, I was, I was a, like a, a trainee draftsman. If you put the drawing board at a particular angle, you could look like you're working when you're actually asleep. <laughs> so I used to. I used to I have quite a lot of time when I was kipping. And I used to go to the games. I used to go to a lot. I went to all the home games. I went to that semi-final against the away game at Villa Park. Did you piss up lost. the fence at the back? I, <laughs> do you know, I, don't, I have no <laughs> recollection whatsoever. But I used to go to a lot of those games. So I, but I hadn't really thought about that season until you mentioned it the other day. Stapleton so, oh, got yeah. dogs abuse. Yeah, I and I remember when he scored. He's a wanker all the way through. You're the just a greedy. See you yeah. next Tuesday. Oh, yeah, he's celebrating. And Stapleton against his old club. And a goal that, in the first instance, was of Arsenal's own making. He didn't want to leave Arsenal. Arsenal wanted to get the money from Man United. They wanted a transfer fee. And they, Is that right? Yeah, I didn't they, know that. They tried to sell Brady to Man United because they'd get more money. 
Uh, I have this, by the way, I had a conversation with Brady and Stapleton uh, at the 79 Cup Final reunion last year, and I talked to them a lot about those times. And uh, They went up there and they had quite... What I remember about that season was we played them and lost those three matches, and they were within a few weeks of one another, February to April 83. And then at the end of that... And those games were violent, and they had a quite a dirty yes. side. Brian Robson was the leader of it all. Whiteside was a thug. They also had hard men, like, you know... Paul Remy Ma- Moses. Paul McGrath. And, yes, and Remy Moses was a spiteful little shit in midfield. Yeah. And yeah. there'd been some nasty tackles. And in that game, I think uh, there'd been a tackle on um, Stuart Robson that led to him going off. Uh, he was our human dynamo midfielder. We had high hopes for him, but he fell out with George Graham and got sold. But late in the season, we played Manchester United at Highbury. Do you remember that? It was on May the 2nd, right towards the end of the season. And I'll read you the team sheet. You won't believe it, I don't think. A lot of the top players weren't there that day. So we didn't have, for example, Woodcock or Sunderland or Ricks playing. They didn't have Stapleton and they didn't have Brian Robson. Do you want to have a stab at who was playing left wing for Man United that day? Oh. <laughs> Laurie Cunningham. Really? Oh Laurie goodness. Cunningham was playing left wing. But Bailey in goal, Duxbury, Ashley Grimes, Kevin Moran and, and Gordon McQueen, midfielder Paul McGrath and Ray Wilkins, Norman Whiteside up front with Scott McGarvey and Laurie Cunningham. Arsenal team, Pat Jennings, John Devine, Kenny Sanson, Chris White and David O'Leary centre-arse, Peter Nicholas, he was a thug, Brian Talbot... Paul Davis and up front John Hawley and Brian McDermott John Hawley did we lose this guy? and also in the side was Colin Hill sub Vladimir Petrovic what a player he was we won the game 3-0 we won the game 3-0 because we went absolutely went to war with them and I remember in particular Brian Talbot was just raging in this game and Remy Moses got sent off and Ron Atkinson lost it on the touchline it was a a proper fight on the pitch and we beat them 3-0 Brian Talbot scored 2 and it was fantastic because I hated them at this point for the way the tackles had mm. gone in the fact they had Stapleton the fact that they were dirty as all hell and this this carried on people say when did it start when did it start the Arsenal Man United this is when it started it started in 1983 weirdly in this match and Paul Davis was on the pitch and he carried that through proudly all the way to the Battle of Old Trafford in 1991. <laughs> and it went through, of course, famously 1987. Uh, we had a cup tie against them when McClare missed a penalty and Winterburn supposedly threw some mud at the ball or something during the oh, run-up yeah. and then went and taunted him about it. And these sides the hated Bay. each other's guts. They did. In a they way did. that you didn't really get between the players of Arsenal and Tottenham. And Graham Roberts was a bit of a liability. But generally speaking, the, the games weren't that feisty on the pitch. You know, there was the odd red car. But these two teams hated each other and we beat them three and Also in that season, we went out. We played Spartak Moscow away and lost 3-2. Which we're thinking, that's a good result. Away from home. A couple of away yeah. goals. And then they played us at home and we lost 5-2. And actually, the yeah. Arsenal crowd, Moscow Spartak, was so impressive. We actually well, they they cheered them off. Night. The North Bank cheered yeah, them off. They were they... good. We were singing We Want Six. Yes, Do you remember right. that? Yes. Yeah. They went 4 0 up. Very good. We got one back, and they immediately got a fifth. And there's still about 15 minutes to go, and the North Bank was singing We Want Six. We Want Six. They absolutely yeah. outplayed yeah. us. 
Spartak Moscow. In fairness to our fans, you just had to go, this is a really good team and we are just... But Vladimir Petrovic, I, I remember seeing the first first game, I was with my dad, he, he'd done one of those like Vieira-type passes. Oh, my dad went, this guy's really good. And then the problem was, he would do good passes, but the team he was in, the players around him weren't up to his standard. And they just like, they were never in the right position. And it was like, and my dad said... We didn't want to play that kind of yeah. football. He was an Arsene Wenger Very player, a so. wonderful ball player. And then we went and signed Charlie Nicholas, which was such a coup for us in the summer of 83. Liverpool and Man United wanted him. We had Tony Woodcock and we thought we were going to have some kind of, like a ball player number 10 who'd come short and a quick striker would go behind and we'd play on the floor and it would be like Dalglish and Rush. And that's what Charlie... What Charlie only wanted the ball to his feet. He didn't want to run a channel and he didn't want to jump for a header. He was too small. He wanted it to his feet because he was brilliant with the ball at his feet. And then yeah. I think it was Cartwright, was it, the coach who yeah. came in? A proper long ball merchant came in and we spent the season thumping long balls in kind of Graham Taylor style into the position of maximum opportunity or whatever it was. And then it was only when we signed Paul Mariner to challenge for these long balls because Lee Chapman was a flop. John Hawley was a cheap short-term replacement. We even had Ray Hankin for a couple of League Cup ties. It was a disaster. Wow. Then we played Mariner and Woodcock with Nicholas behind, and that nearly worked. And we had that one fantastic game, if you remember, when Charlie scored that goal against Spurs at Highbury when he dribbled through. Mm. What a goal. What a goal. Lovely and he could goal. not score a goal. He scored 52 goals for Celtic the season before. And then I remember in his second game at Wolves, he scored. And I was watching Grandstand and it came up on the screen. Arsenal won up Charlie Nicholas. They never put the scorer on the screen. But it just felt like, oh, he started. Here we go. He's going to get yeah. 50 goals for Arsenal. And then yeah. he could not score a goal. And we were getting so much stick from Tottenham fans. Except that every time he played Tottenham, <laughs> he scored. We went to play them in the league. He scored. We won. Yeah. We went to play them in the League Cup. He scored twice. We won 4-2. They came to Highbury. He scored a wonder goal. Beat three men. Went round the keeper. <laughs> we beat him three times. Mariner. Comes to Charlie Nicholas. He's going through them all. He is. He's going past the keeper too. And he scored. And that was also the year, of course, that we lost at home to Walsall, wasn't it? In the, uh, in the League Cup. That's what right. A horrible night when Terry Neal got sacked, didn't he, after that night? That's right. George that Wood terrible. made a balls up in the goal. No, Pat Jennings was in goal. Was Pat Jennings in goal? Mm. And we bought George Wood on the back of it. No, but we, Terry Neal got sacked for... We'd lost... After the Warsaw match, we lost three uh, league matches on the spin, so that was four games in all. We lost the Leicester away 3-0, West Brom at home 1-0, West Ham away 3-1, and he was sacked on the 16th of December. So it was I'd a four-game... have been at all Yeah, and it games. was a four-game run. That's what got him the sack in the end. But the Warsaw one was the start of it, yeah, because, you know... Did George... I'm sorry, I'm a bit mixed up then. Did George Wood play for Warsaw really well or something? I can't remember where we no, got No, George was... George um, came to Arsenal and he was a reserve goalkeeper, but Jennings got injured and we had a lot of injury problems. So, Je But Jennings, uh, according to the website I'm looking at, was in goal for Arsenal that night. Right. He had a lot of injury problems uh, that season, so George Wood did play a lot of football. I think George Wood was in goal, uh, certainly, I think, in the Ian Anderson scored the, the one goal for us. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. And then Terry Neal, so then Don Howe took over, and then we had this side that had Kenny Sanson, Graham Ricks, Charlie Nicholas, Paul Mariner, Tony Woodcock, and all these guys. 
Well, we thought we had something, but it was decent a, team. It, it didn't have the team spirit. What you get from that Perry Groves book is a real feeling that the Arsenal squad under Graham were a kind of an a living, breathing organism of one group. Mm. Of they, the team that went to Anfield, you know, was just a bunch of guys pulling for one another. Not yeah, no stars in the side, you know. Really, the two. Whereas we had assembled a kind of a kind of uh, poor man's Galacticos of yeah of international. Yeah. yeah, but that's also it's also about the managerial styles of the two of them. George Graham liked working with the young players, didn't he? And he sort of bound them into a team. He got them together in a way that Don Howe just couldn't well, when really you look, do. Are we had Tony Woodcock, eighty-two, eighty-three season, scores twenty-two goals. I think he scored. Yeah, t- following season, twenty-two goals. That's a good score for a striker, and yet we we finished sixth. But we might have had, because we had Paul Davis, because we had Vladimir Petrovic at one time, because we had Charlie Nicholas, if we'd had the pitches as oh, they are now, yeah. we might have had a real... With Kenny Sansom and Graham Ricks as well, these were excellent footballers. And the, if you'd had the pitches they are now, they could have been playing it on the ground. and Because Charlie wanted it to feet, he'd either lay it off, he would turn and try and beat his man, or he would drop off and hit a through ball. He was a great passer. But he was, they were banging it up to him. He was getting smacked in the back by centre-halves. They would never give it to his feet. He always had a hangover. So he never really... <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't... I don't think that was the pitches because Liverpool were playing all that time on the floor. They had great players and they were playing great stuff on the floor, whereas I just think it was the coaching. Mm. I think it was the coaching. And also, More. Dalglish was harder than Nicholas, wasn't he? Dalglish would smack the centre-half and then... It wasn't so injury-prone. Dalglish showed for the ball every yeah. time. But, but yeah. Dalglish probably had players around him who would protect him. As well, you know. So, well, also, I know Liverpool, what you're saying now. Liverpool worked out to have a high line and have quick centre backs, didn't they? So they didn't have a great big Dave Watson, Willie Young type mm. centre back. They had absolute greyhounds at centre back in Hanson when in the Hanson and Lawrenson days. So they could yeah. go right to halfway. If you went in behind them, they would outpace you and just back pass to Clements, yeah. and he'd pick yeah. it up. So it was a completely different game, really, for those the pitches, the offside rule, the back pass rule. The tackling from behind, all of those things really made football then totally mm. different. I a mean, skillful player couldn't watched. flourish, let's face it. A skillful player could not flourish. A skillful player was in fear of his life. And that's Anders Limpar, I remember at, at Bramall Lane when Vinnie Jones was trying to kill him and they had to substitute him. <laughs> yeah. oh, we was yeah. at that Vinnie Jones yeah. punched him in the head. Yeah. yeah. And we won 2 0, and the second goal was just route one over the mud. That was how you had to do it. <laughs> Over the trenches, yeah. Anyway, listen, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, lovely, Mike. We should let the listener get about their lockdown life. And uh, I'll see you They've again soon. nothing to do. <laughs> Some of them might work. <laughs> Some of them might work. Right. Nice to see yeah. you. Yeah. See ya. Yeah.